What do you know about the Force? It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Episode. Both of us Woo. combined as one, <laughs> at least for one episode. So, yeah, I'm Amanda, the host of Amanda's Picture Show Go Go. I'm Sean, uh, one of the co hosts of Cinema Wheeler Tay, alongside Scott, and uh, Tony's not here, but uh, she's here in spirit for sure. And Hi, Tony. Mm-hmm. Hi, Tony. Like a shimmering blue She's spirit. a yeah. force ghost. She's yeah. a force yeah. ghost. <laughs> she is the force ghost. She's, she's a in the corner just over there. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So we all miss her and wish her well, but. On in this episode, but uh, we have two guests. Two guests, Eric, who hey. has been on both of our podcasts before. Yo, I'm I'm here. I'm ready to do this. <laughs> and Josh, who's a first time guest. And for us, he's a four time guest. Yeah, so if you add them together, it's five, <laughs> and I get a jacket. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The five timers club. It's like SNL. <laughs> You get to uh, wear any of uh, Scott's pillowcases as a shirt. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they look soft. That's fine. <laughs> so, Josh, on my podcast, when I have somebody on for the first time, I ask a few movie questions, sort of getting to know you, and I didn't warn you what any of these were. Okay. So, first, where does your love of film come from? Oh, um, probably growing up and uh, nobody ever being home <laughs> um, and access to HBO. And a Blockbuster video card. That's, yep, that's the way to do it. Oh my god, I spent so many hours at Blockbuster. Should, no. we, should we explain Blockbuster to anyone who's like under a certain age listening? Yeah, there used to be this place you could walk <laughs> in and you could you could just pay a little bit of money. Uh, it's kind of like physical Netflix. Um, <laughs> Except it was the box store. Right yeah. There. Uh, there is still one that exists in Indiana, so maybe we'll take a field trip one day. Oh. Yeah. The last one. There, there's a, a Twitter account for the last blockbuster. It's hysterical. Oh, really? <laughs> I've read some of those. Dude, yeah, check it out. I need to see that. So my next question is, do you have any filmmaking background? No, um, no, not not formal filmmaking background. What's your in? Uh, does this mean porn or are they talking just like shorts with friends? No, just like shorts with friends. We um That's code for porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we even did things and you know, squishy here and there. Yeah. Um but you know, I, back in high school, me and my friends would make like our own like low budget movie parodies. Oh, nice! Yeah. Do any of these exist on the internet that people can watch? No, this was. Uh, I'm, I'm 38 years Smart old, choice. so that was uh, very much pre-internet. Uh, I can, I can. I don't know. I'll, I'll see if my friend still. He probably doesn't. But. I have a video of high school of recreating a scene from Judy Obscure. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever see the light of day. <laughs> Uh, we even like did a parody of the JFK assassination, which seemed funny then, <laughs> but it involved like somebody in a Transformers outfit. Wait, wait, like like the actual assassination or JFK the movie scene of the JFK? No, it's like the actual. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> see, that needs to see that. Yeah. 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 Ye
see the light of day. I, I really need to find. What's that. funny now is that your version is canon now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you should uh, just like take that around and show it like underground screenings, like Patton Oswalt did with the uh, with the the, the Jerry Lewis uh, Holocaust clown movie. Oh, oh yeah, no, just yeah. go that route. Yeah, yeah. I say yeah. Holocaust. Just think of Holocaust clown. That's all you have to. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, true. they did it with Life is Beautiful. So. They did, yeah. I forgot about that movie. Where did that guy go? You're, you're not alone. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. He's still <laughs> trapped under a seat in the theater. <laughs> I think we all forgot about that movie. Oh, I didn't. I watched it with a Holocaust survivor. Oh, wow. So, for a, a class thing. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh. Yeah. It was like an accident. You're like... Let's put this on, and then you find out. Yeah, and they're weeping. No, it was like he, we watched the movie, and then he answered questions about his horrible youth, and, oh, we, wow. and we were in middle school. That was fun. Well, well, why life is beautiful? I mean, there's like so many other like serious. Because it was in theaters at the time. All right. We we like took a field trip to the Drexel, and yeah. Back when school districts had money for field trips, yeah, to man, for buses. <laughs> Betsy DeVos years. likes to show movies. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, my last question for you, then, Josh, is what is your favorite genre? Oh, um, probably it's sort of like a mix in between sci-fi and mystery. Like, okay, so for example, my favorite movie is The Prestige. Okay. So, which is you know as far as you know, Nolan's movies go, it's, you know, not many people say that, but I really like where it's sort of like, it's sci-fi, but grounded in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like, you know, if, if you watch the show Mr. Robot, it's kind of like the same yeah. sort of thing. Um, Are you all caught up? I'm all caught up. <laughs> We're going to talk about it, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave. I've only watched... Season one so far. Oh my gosh. Right. I only know and love the title, Mr. Robot. That's grabbed me right away. I'll have to watch this now. It's got Christian Slater. Oh, yeah. There you go. Wrong Malik. Dude, I, I watched Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves last night. He played Will Scarlet. He was not happy that Robin Hood mm. showed up and started taking over his leadership. Oh, no. <laughs> well, well, we can talk about that movie. <laughs> That'll be another because oh. there, there's a new Robin Hood coming Make out. Make sure we year. add the spoilers oh. for Men in Tights on there. You know? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, I could talk about that movie. I uh, watched it way too much as a child. It's very watchable, and yeah, that's all I'll say about it. Did you say a Blinken? <laughs> so, yeah, we're here to talk about Star Wars, not The Force Awakens. Where's my brain? The Last Jedi. <laughs> Although we'll talk about both, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah I'll put a thing in our, and like in my <laughs> intro, but just be prepared for all Star Wars movies to be spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I usually start off with like what our general impressions are. And I know you kind of do that too with Cinema Wheeler Tay. So who wants to say? Eric, why don't you start okay. with your general impressions? Yeah, um, I really liked it. Um I actually went and saw it a second time this morning with, with Sean. So uh, once in IMAX and once in Dolby, and uh, I'll give the recommendation for Dolby if you have the choice between the two, in my opinion. Um, I caught a lot more stuff the second time that I thought might have been a little bit of conveniences the first time I saw it. The second time I was like, oh, no, that was set up. But, I mean, I really liked it. I feel like it, it broke a lot of conventions and played with a lot of what you thought. And I saw uh, one review, I think Slash Film said it was the most original since the original. And to me, I feel like that fits, and I feel like that's why it's getting such 
a weird backlash from fans, which I'm sure we'll get to, and why yeah. critics are loving it. So I'll pass the mic. Okay. What about you, Josh? Oh, fantastic. Uh, I, I have not had a chance to see it a second time, but I'm just dying to. Um, and my, my two older kids are begging me as well. Um, my eight-year-old all of a sudden, as a side note, is really into Ray. Like, she loves her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to take her to see this. Uh-huh. Does she do, like, the Ray hair? Has uh, she she doesn't have long enough hair for oh, that. Okay. But, I mean, she I got her all, like, the Forces of Destiny dolls. Nice. And, yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, yeah, there's, oh, there's okay. a whole line of all the uh, uh, the female heroes in Star Wars. And, and coordinating cartoons for them, too. Yeah, there are. Yeah, it's all on YouTube for free. Nice. Um, yeah, but anyway, I'm, I'm with Eric. I love how it broke convention. And that probably is a reason why this, you know, the fans are seemingly polarized on it. I think people will warm up to it eventually. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. There are so many surprises in there. I mean, it, it's just it, it's so much to process. I, I, I still can't believe um, that Snoke, who we thought would be there till the very end, and you know, we're thinking in terms of the original trilogy, like, okay, mm-hmm. we've seen this before. The last battle of the last movie is going to be in between Snoke and Rey or whoever. Yeah. But no, it's just like, gone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, overall, I still need to process it. it, it it's at least number two for me as far as ranking of the all the movies. Yeah. What about you, Scott? Yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed it. Um... I had a lot of mixed feelings about it. I, not in terms of, well, one we we saw it in a shitty theater. Like we were up close, that and, sucks. and the sound wasn't great. You wanna be when you see a Star Wars movie, you wanna be like overwhelmed with the whole thing. Like it, this, you like feel like you're inside it. Um, so you need to go to the Dolby screening, like yeah, yeah, I'll go see it. Or... But I mean, I I obviously know the story, and, and I don't really have any issues with like story and some of my issues aren't even you know the fault of the filmmakers it's just kind of how life happened True. Um, because I thought mm-hmm. watching this movie I felt sad because it was clearly you could see the first movie was a send off for Han the second movie was a send off for Luke and the third movie would be a send off for Leia and yep. we're not going to get that mm-hmm. and I think there was a profound sadness about that yeah. and not profound but I was like oh okay you know, you know. I guess you can bring back if they bring back you and McGregor. You know, in a force sheet, I was like, hey, I, I look, <laughs> I can pick any form I want, so I picked this one. <laughs> 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 and he comes back, and he, he's with Yoda and Luke, and they're like, you know, they do force, cool force stuff. <laughs> I mean, I like the new characters, but I, I, I like the mix between these new characters and these old characters, and mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, that's kind of done in a way. So, they made but, it very clear that yeah, it, it could be done. Yeah. 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 And, Which I know we'll get into more, but there's yeah. some big themes in this. So, yeah. Movie. That's all I'll say at this point. Yeah. For me, uh, I had kind of initially the same reaction Scott had, and I think a lot of that had to do with the sound quality in the theater. It was hard to follow. Uh, I knew I enjoyed it, but I also felt like, where does this rank in the context of everything else? But then I saw it a second time this morning. Eric happened to be in the same screening at, with, with Adobe Cinema, and I absolutely love the movie. Where I rank it now, I don't know, but I will say that I've loved all three films that have come out of uh, Lucasfilm since Disney acquired it. I love what they're doing with it. Um, 
to the point that Scott made about the mixture of the old and the new, I've never been one of those guys that feels like, let's just throw all the old stuff away and make it completely radically new. I don't feel like that movie, this movie is really doing that or even saying that completely. I think what it's saying is you need both in a way, but this is a passing of a torch trilogy. And I think they're handling it in a very classy manner. I, I think the only reason Leia isn't getting it is because of real world events, right. real life events that took place. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll point out one scene. I think in retrospect, they probably wished we would have switched to Leia and, and Laura Dern's character. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. If they knew this was Leia's send off, have her and Holdo switch. Right. Because now you killed off Laura Dern, who I thought was excellent in the movie. Oh, she was, oh. She was a keep, bad bitch. Oh my God, yeah. I want her hair <laughs> oh. that dress. <laughs> I, well, I don't talk about it. Man, you can talk about it. I don't want to get into it. But, well, yeah, we can get into that in a minute. But what I would say is, like, uh, what these new films remind me of, and, and, and I think maybe, like, Scott and I have this reaction, because when I was a kid, and I want to preface the, that I'm talking about the Transformers from the 1980s, not the Michael Bay Transformers, <laughs> but there's Transformers, the movie from 1986... These new Star Wars films, this new trilogy, uh. is a better crafted, better new character's <laughs> version yeah, yeah. Of, of that movie. When you saw Optimus Prime die in the first third and was replaced by Hot Rod, oh, you oh, know? <laughs> although, man, come on, if that last scene with, with Luke and, and Kylo Ren had just got, you got the touch! I know, I was in the like, background. <laughs> it needed a, I was thinking the same thing, it needs a heavy metal soundtrack. Dare. Yeah, yes. Dare to be Stupid. As as, as, yeah, that would have been with the Porgs, you know. Yeah. They could have had Dare to be Stupid. Um, but, I mean, it is like that 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 transitional period. And I'm fine with that. I, that, I like that story. And my biggest fear with the, the, the new trilogy was that I wouldn't care for the new characters because we were kind of burned with the prequels. And that was just poor characterization across yeah. the board. It was just yeah. poor craftsmanship. But I love Ray. I love Finn and I love Poe and I and I I love the diversity that they're adding into this quietly without drawing a lot of attention to it. They just do it, and that's the best way to make something like a shift in the culture, yeah. which is just to reflect reality. But everybody relates to all these characters because they're all very human and they're all very relatable because they're all they kind of reflect all of us. If we had been in the rebellion, we would have acted kind of in a similar way that these characters do. Mm -hmm. So hats off. I, I love it. They'll get into more details about the rest of it. Yeah. I've, I've only seen it once. I was going to go early this morning to watch with <laughs> Sean and Eric, but uh, sleep called me instead. Mm. And, uh, so I saw opening night IMAX with Eric and, um, my husband Jeremy and my mother-in-law and I loved it like I literally got chills multiple times watching it and if I can get chills watching a movie like I just and I could tell I was just like smiling through like most of it and I was just like oh my god I'm loving this whole experience so much I heard you react many times <laughs> probably did <laughs> yeah um, so I I really really liked it and when I was like leaving the theater with out of the four of us, Eric said to me, well, I'm just going to be fanboying on Sunday when we talk about <laughs> this. And my mother-in-law was just like, oh my God, I loved it. I loved it. And I went to dinner with my husband and mother-in-law and we were talking about it. And Jeremy was like, yeah, I don't know. And, and I was like, well, what do you not know? And he's like, mm, the, the story. And I'm like, well, what part of the story? Well, I don't know. Like, he could never give me yeah. an answer to what he wasn't sure about. 
And then, like, the couple things he did, we were like, well, this. And he was like, oh, yeah. Like, and, and, you know, I can get into that more. But he, I think part of it is the second viewing. Like, multiple people that I've talked to at this point who were not entirely, like, loved it first time around were like, I need to see it again. Now, I loved it first time around, but I also want to see it again. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't able to see it multiple times over the weekend because I was busy, um working on a show, but yeah, like I, I talked to Steven Woosley last night and he also had some things that he wasn't sure about, but he said the more that he thinks about it and the more that he's talked about it with other people, the more he's liking it. Mm-hmm. And he also like he and Colleen are gonna go see it again next week. So yeah, I I really, really liked it. I liked how many big themes were going on throughout the whole movie and not just with like one character. There were different characters going through very different things, but they were connected through, you know, a, a thematically. I liked the arc of the movie. I liked that it was not just a retread of Empire Strikes Back. There wasn't like, oh, and now we're going to get the love story, and now we're going to get this thing. Like Because I feel like Attack of the Clones was very much a retread of... Empire Strikes Back in some ways. And with a diner scene. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yes. We'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, really loved Force Awakens. Like I saw that movie three times in the first twenty four hours that it was out. Yeah. But see I was the exact opposite. You didn't like Force Awakens? Nope. It 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 was much better on second viewing. My first, my first viewing, I'm like, oh, are they gonna do? Yep. Are they gonna? Yep. Oh, well, Han's gonna? Yep. It was like I, I picked apart every beat every. of that film as I watched it the first time, and I just knew everything was. I'm like, they're, they're, are they telling this? Yep. And I want to say, like, for me, that didn't bother me as much because I think I wasn't looking so much for the plot beats. I was looking like, do I love these new characters? Yeah. Is it great yeah. to see Han again? It's just a gorgeous looking movie. And I want, I want to say this in Abram's defense because I think a lot of people knocked him for what they called hack work for what you mentioned with oh, those yeah. beat, beat stuff. But I, I'm, what I'm going to say is Abrams has a great talent for coming into an existing franchise and making a well-crafted um, movie with lens movie flares. With, that, with lens flares, yeah. <laughs> but, but I think he does have a command on character and stuff like that. I, I don't think you can take that away from well, him. It's better than well, Joel Schumacher. I think Let's put it that yeah. way. You know, once we got past the first thirty minutes, I thought the first thirty minutes of that of establishing stuff was fantastic in the Force Awakens. But then after that, I was like, as we start seeing how they're setting up all the beats, but like I, I do think. I mean, one of the biggest criticisms I've heard, and I can't argue with it, is like, really, there's another bigger Death Star. That, like, is, that was a weak, yeah. which is weak. But like when I was talking with. It's a Death Star plant. They never did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It can kill more than one planet at a time. <laughs> Trying to beat this. Yeah. But well, this one has a... There's always one. a bigger fish. Yeah. <laughs> this one went the opposite. Like, we're going to get a Death Star, but in a tiny little can. Yeah. It's <laughs> also about time they didn't just keep making things bigger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I was talking with Stephen about it last night, and with Force Awakens, J.J. Abrams was also having to go hey, look, it's okay, we're not going to do what the prequels did. Mm-hmm. Like, there, it wasn't, you know, two within the past two years, we've had two real, like, good Star Wars movies, 
Mm-hmm. And so going into this higher expectations, it was like everyone was like, all right, which is try wh- not to suck. Which is yeah. why it's fine with me for now. But like yeah. the, the first viewing, I was I definitely left feeling let down. Like, I really wanted to like this more. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't like I was like, I didn't not like the movie. I was just like, it's, it's like it's like uh, yeah. going on a date and like it, it was fine, but I thought it was gonna go better. <laughs> it's like, and I had the total opposite uh, reaction that you had on that. I remember even when we talked about yeah. it at the time, like it just it's interesting how everybody has a different reaction to these things. Like I was in the glow of that movie when and no reactions wrong. No, 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 no one's saying no, that. No, that's, no, no, no. That's, exactly. Don't fight exactly. over this shit, family. But that, that goes to the point we'll probably address later on is like these movies have different meanings to different people because it's it, it's such a franchise that's been such a huge part of our culture. But yeah, that 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 Force Awakens opening, I think Scott and Josh, you guys were there too. Yeah, that was a massive, exciting. I've never had experience watching a movie like I did with that one, just because you saw stuff you never thought you'd see again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought I'd see a Millennium Falcon or Han Solo or Princess Leia again. You just didn't. Yeah. And then you yeah. see it, and it's just like, that That to me was just the joy of the movie. And so I didn't really care. I think in hindsight, I think they knew they, they played it safe. It's like, we just got to get out something that most people like. Mm-hmm. We're not going to take so many chances with it. And then after this movie's out, then you can just go, go to town. And I think they've shown that they've been going to do that with uh, Rogue One and, and this movie that you just mm-hmm. kind of, you know. Yeah, that's part of what I liked. It's, yes, I like Force Awakens. Yes, it's a bit of a retread of A New Hope. But with this one, I feel like they were sort of like, look, this is what we established in Force Awakens, and now we're going in our own direction. It's, yeah. Well, we're talking about Force Awakens, though, and, and you brought up Abrams. Can I talk about the thing I hate so much that Abrams does? It's not lens flares. <laughs> <laughs> it's his goddamn mystery boxes. Oh, yeah. Every property he's in, he sets up mystery boxes and then he leaves. Alias, there's at least two different instances. One is a literal box. <laughs> Force Awakens, where's Snoke from? Where's Ray from? Uh, oh, whatever. Yeah. And then he just leaves. Uh, Lost, Lost, how goddamn many were in Lost? There's, a, well, there's at least six, seven properties that he has set up where he comes in, he asks these grand questions, creates a mystery box. And then goes to something else. Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super 8. Like, everything about both of those movies was like the mystery going into the movie. And you're always let down by the answer. Always. Every yeah. single one of them. Because it gets drawn out and the mystery box becomes more about the mystery than what's inside of it. Mm-hmm. And I was so happy that Ryan just came in and uh, subjugated both of those mystery boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Threw them out the window. And yeah. we can just tell a story. Yeah. Yeah, with Snoke, I don't know. We we might hear a little bit more about him. I mean, I don't I think they do. can just leave that. Now, what what I really thought was interesting, we were talking about like, you know, how they're really trying to like say, hey, this is not a retread of Empire. Pretty much just at the point of the movie, like if you look at like the time signatures, is when Darth Vader tells Luke he's his father. Is when Ray and Kylo are having a conversation about Ray's parents, and he's like, you know, the truth about your parents, yeah, they're nobody. It's like, this is not Empire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. it's not this giant revelation that's linking everybody together. Thank and, God. Yeah. yeah. Can I mention something on that point in relation to Star Wars about the mystery box? When did Star Wars only become about the mysteries for people? 
Like, oh, to me, when I was that. growing up, Star Wars was much more than that. In fact, one thing that's kind of missing, and this is not a critique of anything, but one of the things that really defined Star Wars for me were the side adventures, those weird detours that all mm-hmm. the heroes would take to fight a weird monster somewhere that had nothing to do with the Empire in that yeah. same film. We didn't land on an asteroid. Yeah, yeah, we didn't, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, those were things that kind of defined Star Wars for me. It was never just about the lineage or the Rebels versus Duras. Mm-hmm. It was just this world-building thing that Lucas did. But lately, it just become about, we don't want any spoilers well, for Star Wars because we don't want to reveal who's who. It's like, yeah, but if that's all it is, then that's not completely Star Wars. And, and that's where I fall to Abrams. I mean, it's, we have such, fandom culture is such a speculative Mm -hmm. thing anyway, that if he knew giving mystery boxes was going to create this, this build up on everything, and then we did it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had plenty of conversations about who do you think Ray's parents are, and who is Snoke, and how, yeah. And and if you read the books, they played with that. Anyone read the Aftermath series? The entire Aftermath series teases, like, letting you know who Snoke's going to be. Because uh, the entire Aftermath series is everything between um, Endor and Jakku. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's it's really interesting. Um, and the Battlefront 2 game and book actually cover the same kind of thing. They're, they're very compendium to each other. Um, but they did like, they picked up on that and they ran with it and, like, so so then of course now Disney's got three books that are kind of leading to believe this character might be Snoke and then they kill him off at the end of the three books you're like oh, oh. Well, I guess that's not Snoke <laughs> after three books mm-hmm. so, okay yeah Snoke is, is he is he a Sith no I don't know he is not. He's like Donald Trump. He's just like <laughs> he's like we all think he's a white supremacist, but he doesn't call himself that. <laughs> yeah, he's um <laughs> so it's like you you talk like a Sith, you act like a Sith, but you're not a Sith. And oddly enough seems to be all talk when it comes to Yeah, that's about his ego main supreme leader. I'm not just a leader, I'm a supreme leader. Yeah. Supreme leader, so Yeah, he comes from the the Uncharted regions is all that they've actually said. And it's like, is there? Is there? I guess this is a question. Are you, like for people that are more into the books? Sure, sure, sure. So the Sith still exist? Are they still? Or is this? It doesn't matter. It's just a name for just a name. Side. Yeah, it's essentially a name. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a name for religion. It's like saying, um, you know, do priests still exist if you get rid of, mm-hmm. like, say, the Catholic religion? Mm-hmm. It's like, well. No, but people still follow that religion. You know, people still follow Christianity if you get rid of Catholicism. So it's, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like that kind of way. Yeah, I, I yeah guess. they had a, their own planet too. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, was I would, it the Casino Planet? No. No. <laughs> Captain Bite. There was a Sith planet back in uh, um, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, was, and then there were one of the other the shooter games like you go in there too. Like one of the ones from the nineties, I forgot what yeah. that was. I think it's where you could pick if you were Sith or uh, Mustafar is kind of a Sith planet, isn't it? After the yeah, well, yeah, that, yeah, that became Vader's home planet. I love this after castle. Rogue yeah. One. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that was scene. one of the best yeah. parts of that movie. Oh man, I loved it so much because it just it was so atmospheric and it's so Vaderish because just the way they presented him and built him up in that scene was fantastic. I thought. And the fact that he picked the planet where Anakin died to be his home mm-hmm. as Vader. So good. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, 
there's just so much in this movie to unpack and discuss. Like, I mean, we've been talking, you know, Ray's parentage, and I love that her parents aren't anybody. And mm-hmm. it's I agree. like Jeremy was like, oh, but it's been the Skywalker story, and it should be the Skywalkers. And Still I was is. like, yeah, yeah. Sky, uh, and yeah, his mom was like, right. uh, Ben Solo, hello. He's still in Skywalker. I think I was walking up behind you guys while they were having that argument. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, you were. Yeah. And we talk about it more. I'm like, look, there's not usually parentage when it comes to the Jedi. Like, first of all, Anakin was just some kid mm-hmm. on a planet. Like, it wasn't like he had some grand Jedi father or something. Unless like, there well, was a... Yeah. Well, what about Yoda? We, we won't say the word, but... <laughs> no one ever talks about Yoda's parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. We don't even know how they procreate. You could have just been like... He's a, the only one I know in that universe of that entire species, right? I don't yeah. know. There was the female uh, that was in uh, uh, Phantom Menace that was on the council with him. Oh, really? I, I missed know. that. Yes. What, what are they called? You get... oh, I can't remember her name. It's on my head. Yodes? Was that her name? <laughs> yeah. No, Yandai? Yandi? Yandi? Oh, wow. But, like, they set up in the prequels that Jedi are supposed to be celibate and not have romantic relationships. Right. So it makes sense that people would just, throughout the galaxy, like, have... Oh, yeah. Th- like, well, I don't even want to get into it. I think the Jedi have sex. But... but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're not supposed to have sex. <laughs> yeah, Well, yeah. I think it's the same way that... Like, there's a lot of sexual harassment in the Jedi order. <laughs> How, like, uh, you know... Uh, Master Yoda. Like, <laughs> relationships stepping down. ...and things like that. But, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I To me, it's great, because then you also have, like, the kid at the end who's just, like, he pulls over his... Oh, that kid. That was mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. I always equated the Jedi as like Buddhism, essentially, which is like, or any kind of religion where there was a calling. Like Buddhist monks, there was a calling, and you could come from anywhere. Or and perhaps samurai? Yes, mm-hmm. even closer to that. Uh, which actually is one thing I thought this movie really brought back that I was missing in Force Awakens was the samurai element. Mm-hmm. Uh, this brought in, I mean... If you, if you, you could almost break this down on this one as the two warring samurai clans and you have, look at um, Seven Samurai versus this film and you can basically apply the Jedis to them. The ones who turn to sacrifice for retreat, for recouping, to going to get someone. It is definitely the most uh, Kurosawa, I think, that's since, um, since uh, Jedi, but even the fact that they changed, uh, and I looked it up, and I have the, the pictures here. I can show the table. Uh, sorry, podcast listeners. <laughs> but they did change the First Order helmets again slightly. Has mm. anyone else caught that? Oh, There's yeah. some slight design changes, which I don't know when they had the time to do that and issue them back out. But one of the things they brought back in is they brought back the teeth. Because hmm. if you look at the uh, that's completely smooth mouth on the, in The Force Awakens, and all the other ones you can see essentially teeth in the grill. Which is, oh, comes from samurai design, oh. and they brought that back in for uh, Last Jedi. I wonder how they're going to explain that because probably in some book or comic book they're going <laughs> to, you know. Yeah, I mean it's very subtle. Most people would never notice, but well, the most obvious with what you're talking about is like 
when I grew up, you know, the emperor had the was it the crimson guardsmen. You know, they, yeah. they just stood still. Oh, yeah. They didn't really have much of an active role. They would just stand. This one, Snoke has like the equivalent, but they're yeah, like more yeah, samurai yeah. oriented. They're very mm-hmm. uh, samurai influenced. Oh yeah. Sorry, I'm showing everyone uh, teeth. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Been yeah, it's a very oh. subtle. Yeah, difference. it's it, it is very subtle. They've changed. Uh. They changed a couple things. They flattened out uh, the front headpiece just a little bit. Uh, changed the knob, and uh, evened up the thing. Brought the mouth up a little bit and added the teeth. But it's it's very subtle line changes. But oh. yeah, see, that's the kind of thing. I don't always notice those super subtle like line changes. Like, me too. I'm yeah. a designer. I don't. Know. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Jeremy's always like, "Well, I know what year this car is because they slightly changed the fender this much." And I'm like, "How can you tell that?" But yeah, design makes sense. Which of course is interesting. The fact that they basically have done that between. I'm not sure if they did it between Empire and Jedi or not, but every if you look between every. Um, between every two films, the helmets change slightly. Mm-hmm. With those movies, though, there's like more time in between them. With this, yes. it's pretty much just back to back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is this basically the first time that it picks up almost exactly where we left That's, off? I think so. That issues a lot of problems. Because, yeah. I mean, I feel like the Ray Luke, it obviously seems to be picking up right there. But I didn't feel like the other storylines necessarily picked up in that exact same mm-hmm. spot. Because we get multiple days of Ray being with I, I think they're two different timelines. Yeah. I think what we see with the with the with what ha- what's happened with the um, group of resistance fighters mm-hmm. and their battles with Snoke and all that, I think that's happening months, if not a long time after the last Force Awakens, mm-hmm. we see Ray. I think she's on that that planet for a while, yeah. and yeah. then she meets back up with them, and that's when the time well, comes. Yeah, and also the amount of time it takes to recoup your forces, yeah, get on different ships, load out. Um, there's an entire comic about what Phasma goes through uh, to escape Starkiller Base and huh. then meet back up with Hux. And it's like that was several days. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's one of those things of how long does it? There's got to be at least a few days mm-hmm. in yeah. between these because well, of. And Hux, I felt like he even looked a little bit different. All like when he first came on screen, I was like eyebrows. Yeah, <laughs> like he's got some intense yes. eyebrows happening. He had a spa uh, day. He needed it after. I, I know. Uh, I just lost the whole planetary. God, take me away. Some people are on defense. I I love Hux as a character because he is a classic villain. He is yeah. not afraid to twirl the mustache or be sniveling or anything like that. When he saw Kylo down and went for his gun. Oh, I yeah. love that yeah. scene. Oh, I love that scene. Mm-hmm. And in a way, like this may dovetail into this. I, I really do like Adam Driver. I think he's a terrific actor. And I like the character and the conflicts of Kylo Ren. I'm having a hard time accepting him as the villain. You know, like Hux is, is there's conviction yeah. with Hux. He knows he's a villain. And so I, I think that, I guess I get some enjoyment out of knowing that there, there's this villain that they're going after, 
he, you know, and I think that they've done a great job in these new films in general with the Imperial officers. They fleshed them out more. They're they're more like uh, Ben Mendelsohn in Rogue One. I loved him too. I thought that was a great character. Kylo, I think, would be more interesting for me as a, as a conflicted protagonist or an anti-hero. And I think also it has to do with the fact that you're following, and they kind of play it in kind of the fourth wall in some elements. He's following Darth Vader. Darth Vader is like one of the most imposing villains just by walking into a room. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that they're not making him a clone of Vader. I absolutely love that. But it, it, I, I just don't find it satisfying. The helmet up, like yeah, yeah he just did. Show, like, I okay, like that. I'm getting well, rid of that part. Yeah, Listen, I like Kylo's that. Kylo's your enforcer. Yeah, but there's, but it is one of those things. Like, if he's now the head of the First Order, is he the guy, like making sure troop deployments and supply routes and. <laughs> You know, manning spies like an emperor or a snow. Yeah. It's like, who well, is the strategist? Really know what did, really. I yeah. feel like that falls into one of the bigger themes throughout the movie is what makes a hero, what makes a leader. Mm-hmm. Like, I agree. And, mm-hmm. and so, yes, we have that on, you know, with the rebellion, but I feel like you also get that within, especially towards the end, Hux and Kylo and neither one of them really knows what it's like to be the full-on leader and you can even hear i love like kylo ren would say something and then hux would you know like those sorts of things like they're trying to figure out this new dynamic but i don't think either one of them both of them were so like oh i must listen to snoke and he's the supreme leader and all of that they don't know what to do now no whereas poe like Dameron deals with all of this kind of stuff too, where he's trying to be the hotshot hero, but he learns the lesson to become a leader by the end versus still. If we look at Poe versus, Poe versus the Devastator is a perfect mirror to the end of Kylo versus Luke. Mm-hmm. Kylo mm-hmm. loses the victory to try yeah. to, for the personal to be the hero mm-hmm. to, instead of being a leader. It's, yeah. the, it's the lesson Poe learns by the end of it that Kylo right. doesn't. And like, nope, we've got to go back. But I really love the dynamic they set up at the end because of that, like that, that hole in the the First Order when Snoke dies. That um, between Hux and, and Kylo Ren, and I hope that they play that dynamic even more in the next film because really what it's setting up is to me, Hux is the one person that seems to truly believe in the First Order as a military might that should be ruling the galaxy. Like, he gave that speech yeah. in Rogue One... Uh, I'm sorry, for, speech in Force Awakens, you know, like, he was Hitler or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, it was full-on Nazi symbolism. And, and, and to me, he doesn't really respect Kylo as a leader. He doesn't really respect him. He respects his strength and that super, you know, the supernatural powers he has over him. He knows that's going to kill him, but he does not respect Kylo well, as a decision maker and as a leader. books, which is an interesting thing, his dad is kind of a, a central character in the Aftermath books. Hux's and dad? Yes, Hux's okay. dad. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the founders of the First Order. Oh. Um, so then going through then into, uh, which is something I have a feeling we're probably all going to complain about. Uh, one of my issues with this, though, is it goes into the Phasma book, where Phasma kills his father for oh. him. Oh. Phasma assassinates Hux's dad for him, and the two of them are basically... Interesting. Very so like, interesting. the books have really set up Phasma to be this really devious, 
survive at all cost character who's actually completely out for her own and working her way up the first order she does not believe in the first order but she is Hux's right hand person that's a lot of info for someone that's had like three scenes right yeah. Yeah. and that's my problem I feel like they did so much building her up she got a Hallmark ornament she got yeah. a book a graphic novel all this stuff and she died twice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if she comes yeah. back again, I'm like, that's, that's, that's dedication. She that's might. what I said. I'm like, she's in a ball of flames. <laughs> yeah, but I think she's going to be back. I really do. Yeah, really? I yeah. she has to be. See, I, 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 that's what I wonder. Like, if she's going to come back or if they did all this stuff because they knew they had a cool character and there was a shelf life. <laughs> we only got this for two movies. Sell the shit out of it. One of the other reasons I love Hux, too, and Josh will appreciate this, is we talked about it a little bit after seeing the movie, and I hate to make another Transformers reference, but they've never had a star scream in Star Wars. Yeah. They've never had a guy that is out for his own gain in the Empire that might try to take over Darth Vader or something like that. And now we have that guy, and that's probably why I'm drawn to that character. It's like, oh. I, I hope they do more with him going forward. They're, they're both Starscream now. That's the. I thing. know they are. <laughs> he really. Uh, Kylo was Starscream. Really, he's yeah. the one who killed. Uh, was that Blue Streak then? Starscream yeah. and Blue Streak. <laughs> yeah, they, they have Thundercracker. And yeah, Thundercracker. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. I think yeah. there might be a power vacuum now because, as Amanda said, what? nobody really knows what's how to rule. So is Phasma going to come back and be like, all right, you guys don't know what you're doing. Or a new character for that. Honestly, that would be so badass if there could just be a super evil woman who's just like, boys, we're going to get this Uh, together. Yeah, Kate Blanchett, just who who come in as that character. You know what would be awesome? I wish... I wish Kylo Ren still... Like, they kind of got rid of, like, his obsession with Darth Vader in this when he smashes the helmet. But I wish he was still obsessed with them to the point where, like, he actually builds the suit and then he, like, <laughs> makes it sentient, you know, like, with the force. And then it's like this, like, you get Darth Vader back, but it's just like oh, a robot so Darth like, Vader. using yeah. it as something to Like, fight. he's just so obsessed. Like, he wants uh-huh. a brain. And he finds, like, I'm not Darth Vader, but I, I have to bring him back and I can learn from him. And he just, like, forces... Huh. Forces him alive, and he's like a robot Vader. It'll just transform into a power wheel. So <laughs> I just thought of something. Nobody lost a hand in this movie. No. Uh, Thank God. <laughs> oh, Snow. Yeah. Technically. Oh no, he did. Yeah. You're right. There was oh, one hand still on the throne. Yeah. yeah. When the lightsaber went through him, that's how he stuck that in. That's exactly. God damn it! High five across the table to Scott. Yeah. Well, I, was, I didn't know that's that. I just said that his lower half doesn't have a hand. Well, yeah, but no, when it cut him off, it cut off both of it. It went through his arms and its upper half. So his yeah, upper half slid, one hand slid, and his one hand stayed up. Standing on the, yeah. I yeah, love the touch of the high five, by the way, after talking about hands, you know. <laughs> We're professionals. That's there's, right. The lightsaber, it's a clean cut. So yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. you can replace, but you know, in Star Wars world, you can replace a hand. It's easy. And sure. I so the whole like Kylo Ren killing Snoke, I saw that coming. Mm-hmm. That was not like a huge surprise to me. Well, so as you saw the fingers twitch. Yeah, well, and even when Snoke was like, "I can see into his brain. Mm-hmm. I know what he's gonna do." I was like, "Oh, hubris," because that's another big theme throughout this whole movie. <laughs> Who killed him? Was it Ray or him? It was him. It was, it was Kylo. I thought it was Ray. No. Oh, no, it was, yeah. it was Kylo. It was Kylo. Kylo. Yeah, you saw his fingers twitch, and then you saw the lightsaber start to... 
He was. I, I thought Rain. No, was he good. was mimicking his own movements so that when he was oh. looking in his head, he was seeing his intent in his in what he was doing. Yeah, because he especially with I think the last line was like his true striking down his true enemy. Yep, and I was like, oh, because that's actually you, Snow. But that's what the Sith do. They always kill the other guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know. But yeah, I just I was like, oh, and so I, I mean, I could tell it was coming, but I still loved that it yeah. was mm-hmm. happening. And yeah, the whole thing of like, oh, Snoke has hubris, just like Luke has hubris, and so does Poe, and you know, all of these different things. And Palpatine, especially, yeah. has hubris. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Maybe Snoke just made a mistake with his Force powers, and he killed himself. <laughs> he, he, he got really excited, and just... These guys suck! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I don't want to live this life anymore. I could never wrap my my brain around Snoke anyway because it didn't seem like they developed him enough where I could feel one way or the other about him. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad compared to Palpatine because Palpatine was such a great fleshed out character. The one aspect of the prequels I love. I feel bad if anyone bought the twenty dollar Black Series figure on Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, oh shit. <laughs> like, he, he looks like a, the decrepit Mister Magoo. Really. I know. It's like it's like oh he's the super bad guy. I'm gonna get him. And you get home and you see the movie and you're holding him. And you're like. Oh. See, that's where I think the people, like, the backlash of people like, it's not what I thought it would be or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wonder if part of it is, is people bought into actually buying the merchandise right. for some of these characters that then aren't going to be around forever. And it's like, it's like mm-hmm. feel a little bit cheated or something. Constable Zabel, I think, is that the one from the first film? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. It was like the first figure that came out as part of the Black series, so everyone thought the guy was going to be super important, and then he got cut from the movie. Huh. <laughs> wow. And he was just a, uh, he was a constable on Jakku. Oh. He was just one, like one of the characters, and like, you yeah. can see him in like four frames of the movie. Huh. <laughs> but it, it, he was supposed to be like a cop in Jakku that kind of like broke up a couple of things when they were kind of junkyard fight in the beginning, oh. and J.J. ended up cutting it. But all the, it was in all the initial footage, so the toy people were like, yeah. Yeah, it's the we one. like that. Like he's cool looking. People are going to want that. And then JJ cut him. And let's face it, Star Wars fans are not opposed to buying figures for people who've had one or two seconds of screen time, so they're right. not going to care. Like that. my favorite character ever. Yeah. Eloasti? Salacious Chrome. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Eloasti. Salacious Chrome. Salacious Chrome's job is a pet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, can anyone else figure this out? I don't know if they did it again. I haven't found verification. But I want to know if the new uh, Abednego uh, Kai who is the wingman uh, for Poe, hmm. uh, that guy. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kai Thernali. Can anyone I'm else figure out if that's a Beastie Boys reference? How do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah how to I read it. To the listeners, though, Kai Thernali. Yeah. He's an alien with a very flat. Face. So, yeah, because there, there were two of them in the, that have been used previously. And one is Elo Asti, and the other is Adi Uvin. Mm-hmm. Oh. They're both ah. Beastie Boy references that yeah. J.J. Yeah. Yeah. snuck in as part of their language, so I can't figure out what uh, Kai Thernali is. It's got to be some Beastie Boys. It has to be, but yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I if it isn't, I'll be kind of bummed yeah. that they didn't do a rule of three joke. But. <laughs> that, I mean, I read so many articles about this movie this weekend, and I remember they specifically that that was, and I forgot what yeah, I haven't been able to find one. Well, there's a new character called Elo Ladies, or Elo Ladies, or yeah, or A Ladies, A Ladies, A Ladies. Wow, what kind of character? Is that the guy at the casino? Is that? Oh my god, I hate that guy. 
Was that Justin Thoreau? That was. Yes. Okay. Oh, not that guy. Not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Thoreau. I'm talking about oh the whole casino. I could they could just take that out. I read the uh, the book for that before seeing it, and I definitely say if you have the book, read it after seeing it, so you actually see what some of the characters look like. But I recognize some of the ones from the book. Oh, okay. It made it kind of fun. The, the book is very not needed. It's yeah. it's just kind of like hey, here's some stories of people that are in here, which are kind so of things. Can we bring the books into the theater with us so we can kind of compare? Yeah, yeah. Compare. That actually happened to me during a Lord of the Rings screening once. Somebody actually brought in uh, the Oh, wow. Book oh, of the I've seen that at multiple Harry Potter. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, someone I know, uh, um, uh, a re- uh, really good comic artist, uh, Gene Ha, if anyone knows him, but uh, awesome comic book artist, uh, said that this movie reminded him most of mid 2000s J.K. Rollins. Oh, and he that's said, why I love it so and, much. And, and he said, in the good and the bad. And the twists and the storytelling, the not expecting what you needed, but also the we need a thing, here's a thing, kind of yeah. stuff that a lot of the Harry Potter books have around that time. Yeah. But I thought that really kind of fit. It did kind of feel like that. Mm-hmm. I I liked the casino um, sequence more the second time than I, the yes, first time. Yes, yes. Um, and I really like what they were trying to convey with that. I think the problem is they rush through it too much. We don't get a full feel of that world and the contradictions within that world between the one percenters and the slaves. Yeah. Like I would have liked to explore that area a bit more than they did. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I wanted more, but at the same point, I didn't want them to be there too long because yeah. it, it, it literally ended up having nothing to do. And I honestly, I felt like I was in the never-ending story at one point too with those creatures. So, oh, yeah. I think it was too on-the-nose analog to our world. I mean, those things looked fairly similar to horses. They did horse racing. The gambling was all the games we play. It wasn't in Star Wars. They play games, but they're all these new Star Different Wars. Kind of, okay. And then the like, one guy had like a country accent. You know, he had like a southern accent, yeah. and he was. Aliens in Star Wars movies. Yeah, aliens on Star Wars, they don't speak English, they speak a different language, or they speak in a kind of un, uh, an accent that's like unrecognizable. Totally, yeah. and, that, and that's kind of... But, but, but of course, that actually builds into a lot of what uh, is, is in the Star Wars universe about the fact of um, xenophobia yeah. from the Emperor, which is why all the stormtroopers are human. Humanoid. Yeah. And and why the main language is their language and called basic. Yeah, yeah, and I, they're all like wearing. I mean, they were basically wearing tuxedos and yeah. and just they're a piano. Yeah, it just yeah. looks. It just looks like just like oh, we'll just make it like. And I guess I could see it's supposed to be an analog to our world, but you could do it without make it make it Star Warsy, make it like fancy in the Star Wars way, not make it like oh, this looks exactly like our world except that. The, this guy's two feet tall and his face is 800 pounds. That's, I think, right. More like, I'm, I'm with Sean on that. Right? Like, I learned more of like a little bit of a contrast between the two. Like, even the yeah. prison looks kind of nice. Yeah, it did. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of... Well, the prison... I, it's I, clean for a prison compared yeah. to... I would, I would love the hit look nice. I just thought if they could make it more... Yeah. Unique. Nice in a unique way. And it's not so much the story of what it represented in the, in the story. I didn't really mind that. Or mind the storyline through mm-hmm. it. I just minded how it was presented. I think they, once that guy saw it, spoke in a country accent, it felt very prequelish. 
It's like sure. a guy in a diner. Why is there a yeah. diner? You know, it's well, like, it's the American graffiti reference that they made with a diner. But it's like yeah. it just cheapened the whole thing. Like it's like it just yeah. cheapens it to me. No, I can I can see what you're saying. You're not upset that they went to a casino. You're upset that the casino wasn't more. Alien. It was just like casino yeah. down. It's like going down the broad. It's not I, that much different. I'm, I'm wondering if down. they cut a lot from the casino. Yeah. Just because um, I know they yeah. were filming there a long time for the amount of footage that they had, mm-hmm. and the fact that they also put out a book on it and stuff. Like I feel like, and a lot of the first toys that came out were actually like the speeders from Canto Bite, yeah. mm-hmm. and so I, I almost feel like maybe that's where the three hour cut of the movie lost some stuff. Yeah, because that's what the first cut was. Well, just I just thought hours. of something what you were saying. Eric, about like the xenophobia of the First Order, or the Empire, or whatever it is, and how since that is the, for the most part, like the one percenters and the people who are making money off of selling weapons and you know mm-hmm. all of that, then if you contrast it, even just in in this new trilogy to like Maz Kanata's, mm-hmm. where that's where people from the Rebellion and other people go, it's much more exotic because. It's well, if if they were all humanoids hanging out, that would be fine. And they were wearing, I was just like, you know, just Star Wars it up, you know, like like there's there's <laughs> a you, different you, 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 take on a tuxedo, a or different something. take yeah. on that. Having them be play doing gambling, but do it like new like games, like like intergalactic games. Because if you yeah, gambling is well, it's weird though. In the book, they actually describe a lot of different weird yeah. alien gambling. Yeah, that, that wasn't shown in the movie. No, exactly. They and, show and that, they showed throw playing dice. That was my... be- because obviously he can't use anything mechanical. He's a master coder. And I think a lot master of it was done. A lot of it was done for comedic effect because they wanted something recognizable so they can play a comedy. Because mm-hmm. in the casino itself. Yeah. And um, the slots into the slots. BB-8. I mean, BB eight and everything. Yeah, that, that was exactly right. And mm-hmm. and they could do something like that. There could be like an, a slot machine thing. Can we, can we also just add to the point that it's now in canon? That uh, Maz hit Justin Throw. Yeah, hit, she hit that. Wow, yeah, she did make a reference. Oh, she hit that. That's true. Nice. Yeah. Go, go, Maz. <laughs> I never thought I'd see a James Bond spoof in a Star Wars movie. They're in yeah. Justin yeah, Throw. I kind of wonder because I read this when I was reading up on some stuff, and and I was like, oh, Eric will love this. That they filmed. I mean, they filmed at Pinewood, and lots of things are filmed mm-hmm. at Pinewood. But they filmed certain things specifically in the 007 studio. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Uh, so I wonder uh, if Han there Solo's was also... using it right now, actually. Huh. Oh, They've really? had to delay uh, a month for the Bond 25 because of reshoots to Han Solo. Oh. Mm. So, uh, and Daniel Craig was a stormtrooper in The Force Awakens on that. And Tom too. Hardy is one in this one. I did oh, not know really? that. Yes. Uh, it has not been revealed which one, but Tom Hardy is a stormtrooper. Oh, nice. Tom Hardy in a mask, guys. <laughs> and, and supposedly... Kylo, looking for a leader. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of missed it. At what point did uh, Del Toro's character... And I forgot what it That's was. what I caught the second time. When, I missed when, it the first when time. When did he sell them out? I missed it the first time. Yeah. He got the information the first time. So we didn't actually see him specifically sell them out, but they were separated. But the first time, he walks into the cockpit when Finn uh, takes the call from Poe, who says, we're all getting on shuttles and heading to the planet. 
Oh, oh yeah, right. He, he yeah he walks ship. in with his cup drinking, and when uh, that comes in from Poe to Finn. So that's how he got that information. Because I missed that the first time. And I was like, me too. How the hell did he sell him out? Yeah. Oh, see, I did hear, like, that he was at least, he could hear the conversation with. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, because he, yeah. he walked in the cockpit at that point. I thought there was going to be a twist where he was the guy they were looking for in a casino. I did too. But like, like he was like, yeah. he like showed them and they had that like, lapel. I was like, oh. Oh, someone stole my jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, some, or he had like a tattoo of it or yeah. something that, that, uh, that it was, but I, I guess they just completely, they just went with him. I hope, I hope he gets a comeuppance in the third one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Some, yeah. some people criticize Nasty. that that whole storyline wasn't even needed. I don't think I'm really with that. Mm-hmm. I mean... I've read that too. Is that Kotaku? Yeah. Yeah, I read and that And it's just like, you know, everybody, in, to their credit, in every Star Wars movie, every story has a nice tidy ending. And sometimes you, you do things and things don't end up the way that you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and one thing, too, is I, I, I heard some criticisms about Benicio's performance in the movie, too. I enjoyed it, yeah. you know. Mm. It was a little... Yeah, it was a little too mannered at times, admittedly. As I said to, to Jeremy, it's a very Benicio Del Toro performance. Yeah. Yeah. And has, has he had plastic surgery done, or is that CG? Because his eyes are a bit distracting to me now. I don't know. There's something with his eyelids that... Oh. I can't I, tell if it's just him getting older or if he had work done. Or, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I was watching this like, I thought he was in Rogue One. But I guess that was... <laughs> I was like, they can't make the same actor in two movies. <laughs> but I guess he was. But he feels well, like a character that would be in Rogue One. And you know, I, I read that, that article you said basically said that whole middle section is not needed other than the fact that that is how Benicio gets the information to sell them out to make it more dire uh, of them getting blown up. But... But I feel like that goes to the fact that that was basically Poe's final lesson of the be a leader, trust, communicate. Because he went off and they did this thing without telling uh, um, Hoda, whatever. But yeah, um, and he wasn't. He just went in trying to blow shit up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Finn and Rose are a thing now too. I mean, just seeing yeah. their relationship. I mean that. There's a point to building relationships. I agree. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think it helped maybe to give Finn something to do because they were going to separate Yeah. Rain. Well, that so was the complaint it. by Kotoku was that it was just to give um, them something to yeah. do. But, uh, but I actually think that they were trying to make some legitimate ish points right. about building the universe and, and like what's actually going on beyond the rebellion and... And, and oh, building yeah. the what's a leader. Yeah, yeah, what's a leader. Well, and... Not a hero. Yes, exactly. And I think there was also, you know, that part on the ship with Benicio del Toro. Like, you also had the whole thing of, okay, well, these weapons dealers, they're not just selling to the First Order. Yeah. They're also selling to the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. And and I think that was also, it set up the idea of this is a character who is totally out for himself. Yeah. And he says that to, to Finn. And I think it, again, falls into the what's a hero mm-hmm. kind of thing and a legend like that part of it because how Finn and Rose even meet is because Finn's ready to jump ship yeah. and then you see Finn L- facing this yeah literally jump ship <laughs> and then you 
you have Finn listening to this guy talking about, like, well, why are you even with the Rebellion? You should just be watching out for you. Like, basically, watch out for number one, and you're number one. And so I think it's also a way that Finn learns, okay, yeah, I don't want to be that guy. Like, I don't want to be this guy. I don't want to be the one who is just yeah. only watching out for me. And the, the whole, like, because you see how upset, like, Finn gets when... Rose gives her necklace to mm-hmm. Benicio, which I'm sorry, I don't know his name yet. But DJ. DJ DJ is his name. I DJ. just read that. Yeah. Okay. And last name's Tanner. So that's <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt was in this. Yeah. I did not know that. He was uh, flowing low. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, he uh, is. Flowing. I guess you can hear his voice in the casino. I read that. Okay. One aspect well, of Benicio, I, I loved watching him interact with BB-8. I thought that was such a weird mixture to begin with. That <laughs> yeah. I just got That's a kick true. out of that because it's like, oh, you did this yourself, man? You know, and then BB-8's beeping that all over the place. they go and steal a ship together is yeah. fun. Yeah. I, although, uh, I love BB-8. But is he turning into like a Mary Sue at this point? It's like he can do everything. He suddenly is everywhere doing everything. Well, it's R2. like, pardon? R2 was the same way, wasn't he? He got that way in the prequels. I don't think he was like in the original, but it's kind of like one of those things that I feel like you've got so many other great characters. Some maybe take R two on an adventure. Maybe get Chewie off the ship. Where you know, was it's kind of R two after. It's just on the ship. Okay, because I feel like we didn't see very much of R two after correct. Luke yeah. was like. <gasps> My own friend. I think, I think R2 is one of those old toys that loses power very quickly. <laughs> it's like, he's like an and, iPhone. And by old droid, you mean a Samsung Galaxy <laughs> And he just can't do anything anymore. So that's why he's constantly he's just, just recharging. He just, as soon as he gets up, he just sucks. It's just like his, he, he, he has his dinner at 4 o'clock and just goes to fucking bed. Yeah, he's just like... He, he is the one old... Older character that gets shortchanged in this new trilogy. Like, he's still there and he yeah. still has a presence, but mm-hmm. he's very. I mean, C3PO gets a lot more screen time. In the, the scene he has with Luke is. is oh, it's so awesome. Good. Yeah. Really I mean, any, any Luke scene was just. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Through the roof. Oh. Good. Mark Hamill was really good in this movie. Oh, yeah. Mark Hamill was good, period. Yeah. And I think playing a older. Luke gave him so much because he can play so many different emotions. Mm-hmm. Like when you played him younger, he had to be like idealistic and wide eyed. Now you can just play all the old Jedi, rugged, been through it all. He was having fun. Yeah. My favorite scene, like acting wise, of him was when he's explaining to Ray mm-hmm. his side of the yeah what happened with Kylo and everything, and then you see him like. Holding his lightsaber and then just the realization of like, what am I doing? I and, can't do that. Like, oh my god. His and face. we see that Rashomon. We see that three different ways, mm-hmm. three different times. Each one from a different perspective with him acting a different way. Yeah. And he pulls off every single one of them. Which, yeah. mm-hmm. Of course, again, it goes back to me saying, "Wow, this is the most Kurosawa." <laughs> of, yeah. uh, yeah. It was the third. I mean, we had uh, Kylo's and we had Luke's side. Well, we had Luke's, Luke's Kylo's, first. Luke's. Uh, okay. When Luke was like, oh, he just went, uh, like, don't do this, Kylo. And then you yeah. just saw him, like, being shot through the side of the wall or whatever. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, by the way, I have my saber out. Did I mention that the first time? Why <laughs> <laughs> <My> bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, a, that was a, I, I love the performance for everything you mentioned. Because I think Luke. Uh, 
Luke has always had a trajectory and definitely an arc more than any other character in this whole franchise. Like he was wide-eyed and idealistic in A New Hope. He gets somewhat like gets the biggest revelation in the history of movies and empire that <laughs> yeah. changes his, his whole perspective on things. And then by Jedi, he's a seasoned Jedi. He's fully formed as a Jedi. But if you've noticed, all the Jedi, they get more cantankerous or quirky or eccentric as they get older. They get uh, they develop a great sense of humor, too, as they get older. Obi- <laughs> Obi-Wan did. Yoda certainly changed personality, <laughs> yeah. too. So I think Luke's just following in that oh, same that's pattern. The, the best scene in the... Uh, Oh. For me, is Yoda. Yeah. There's Yoda from Empire. Yeah. It's the puppet, too. The puppet goes, Yoda yeah. from Empire and Luke interacting. And this, this blows up the tree and laughs. Yeah, yeah. and then hits him on the head. and Because yeah. uh-huh. that's the Yoda that we all grew up on. And then in the yeah. prequels, he's like this, this bore. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he has no sense of humor. In the I prequels. do love when he has the fight, though, with Palpatine. Yeah, that was a good fight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, good. Even the Dooku fight was pretty cool because that was the mm-hmm. first lightsaber battle you ever saw anybody do flips and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. You never, yeah. That was so cool because you never saw Yoda fight. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like He's the he's greatest just Jedi old ever. And decrepit. What, what's funny is you know who pitched a lot of that and helped come up with it? I do know that. I, I, I recently, yeah. Uh, Mr. Spielberg, right? But the, I thought it was Revenge of the Sith he did. Oh, no, no, no. That specific fight was Mr. Best. Really? As in... I'm on best, as in Judge Arbinks. I did not know that. Oh. Yep. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> I thought it was Steven Spielberg. Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> exact opposite of Spielberg. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so podca- podcast fans listen to I Was There Too with Matt Gorley and I'm on best. Oh. Thank you, I'm on best, and we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, the, it's an interesting one. Listen to it for like what happened to his life. There was yeah. a great article I read in Entertainment Weekly several years ago with him talking about the experience of making Phantom Menace and how everybody thought Jar Jar was going to be yeah. the favorite character. Yeah. Like, they were all like, you are doing such a great job with this. This is amazing. Like, everyone on set loved it. And then the backlash. You know, yeah. who, you know who it was going to be and he took the spot from and uh, created a, a big rift? Who? Michael Jackson was lobbying to be Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> oh, I wish I had a time machine. <laughs> Holy, I. <laughs> and Captain EO. Listen, listen to that Wars same Wars. podcast where Amon tells about meeting with Michael Jackson after the fact. What's, what's, oh my god! What's so funny is when you see Jar Jar because the backlash was so bad that they just kind of like mm-hmm. eased them, kind of. In the mm-hmm. background of the other one, it's so weird when you see him and he's like sad when like, uh, yeah, when when uh, Amadalia is yeah, dead yeah. and he's like sad. It's like, oh, there's Jar Jar, and it's just like, uh huh. In in canon, you know where he ends up? I bet he got castrated. Nope, performing as a street musician for orphans from the war. Oh wow! Aww. Working at a children's hospital. That would actually be great if that was what he was. Like, that's yeah. in that's in the yeah. canon. Yeah. That's what he ended that's up. He... That's where his character ended up. All yeah. right. He was a clown. Mm-hmm. Maybe we were all wrong to judge Jar Jar mm-hmm. so harshly. <laughs> Such a philanthropist. You know, <laughs> he gets to do what he just wants to do and just be a dork for kids. Maybe our hatred for Jar Jar is a reflection on our own self hatred. Probably is. <laughs> that was when we were walking out of the theater because we were like one of the very first showings. And you had people lined up to yeah. get into the IMAX after us. 
Jeremy, you know, we were like, okay, we need to stop talking. Like, we don't want to ruin this for people. Yeah. And Jeremy walks out and was like, Snoke is Jar Jar. And I was like, <laughs> oh my god, why? <laughs> Thank, can I can I just say how happy I am that those jokes are going to be Done. dead? Yeah. Yeah. The Millennium Falcons were his father. No. <laughs> uh, Scott, our joke I thought was funny coming out that Ray's parents would have been the rancor from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> was was our theory. And, and his keeper. And his keeper. Oh, yeah. He clearly exactly. loved him. Yeah, those are the two. I thought they would bring the rancor monster back and then you just vomit out like a pig. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Though. As a force ghost. Yeah, as a well, force ghost. <laughs> well, that's the thing that always cracks me up about Star Wars, too, is as soon as something's introduced, it shows up in four other things. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, the, what, the Force Awakens... Not, not Force, uh, Force, whatever. Power of the Force, one of the video games that had um, uh, like Rancors, like suddenly, like it's like a thing that people hunted, and Darth Maul, like like Darth Maul hunting Rancors or something, and then oh, wow. no, no, it's uh, someone else was hunting them and that. But then once the uh, was it Rathcars, whatever, and Force Awakens, mm-hmm. yeah, you like, know what? Suddenly those show up in the Darth Maul comic book where Darth Maul's hunting them. And then it's like the the uh, once your boy Dex showed up and uh, oh yeah, it, it, those guys, it, suddenly Rancors. those guys were all over the place. Wouldn't now, it like, be more stuff. awesome though in Force Awakens if he would have Rancors? Oh, that would been stars? amazing. Because that would be yeah, but they needed something that could go through the circle part of a ship. Yeah. It'd be yeah. cool if it couldn't. Like, <laughs> like, it's just like, it's just like, they yeah. keep, all those fences keep coming down on their heads as they oh do. Like, I didn't really like the rap. They were too CGI. They were yeah. just like, they move too. I, yeah. I hate things that move too fast. They're big. And that you can't tell exactly what they are. Yeah, it's like, they do the, that's a, that's a CGI. I don't, I get really turned. That's another thing I like. The, the one thing that the new Godzilla movie did great is that they had these big monsters but it was you saw them they move gigantic they move slow mm-hmm. yeah. so it was like you know what's coming you can't do anything about it and you can see the size and what they are and there's like a there's like a you can have a sense of awe about what you're seeing yeah. mm-hmm. some of these move they move too fast and, and i'm just turned off by like the fast moving cgi it just Transformers, that's all it is. It's like, maybe they're afraid that, like, oh, these designs suck, so we don't yeah, want to. And then you got Jazz forward. hiding behind a goddamn house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't let Sam, what wiki see us? Yeah. <laughs> parents. So point, I, I do wish they had more creatures like the Wampas and the Rancors in this. Yeah. Because yeah. those are formidable creatures that you're yeah. really terrified. Like, I'd like to see Ray go on a, like, get trapped down a hole somewhere, and maybe a creature like that comes out out of nowhere and she yeah, has to fight. Yeah, like a formidable creature. Because that builds her character and it builds her fighting skills outside of. Well, the I also want to see more of those um, in the rebellion and mixed around. You got it's like because you got Kaithran Ali and you got uh, Nine Nub mm-hmm. as like the only two aliens left now. Yeah, because yeah, they straight up start say Admiral Akbar yeah. is dead. Oh, he gets it's sucked like, out of the window. Why gloss over that? I mean, yeah. that should have been like. A, <laughs> I, 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 I was just like, oh no, we're never gonna get into trap again. <laughs> <laughs> He thought you were saying about Han. Wait till you find out about Handler Atbar. Yeah. What the crap? <laughs> he goes out the window. I missed that line. <laughs> 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 Too late. I, it was a spoiler I got after the fact. His timing's I, off. I completely missed that line in the in the first showing, and then I read it like Admiral Atbar died. I missed that in the yeah. movie. What the hell? You know. I knew. Someone told me all that, the Mon Calamari that were sitting behind her. Someone told me that that was. 
Like, I thought he was in The Force Awakens, and I was like, no, that's someone else. It's him. And then, yeah. like, was, Rogue so One I, had so a I different one. I wasn't sad when he died. Like, oh, that's, that's a ripoff. Uh, that's a ripoff. Yeah, Rogue yeah. One had a different. Oh, Rogue One had a different guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that, that guy apparently was modeled after Churchill, I read, too. Yeah. So. Yep. I can't tell these frog people apart. I'm sorry, I'm a racist. <laughs> oh, yep. my God. They're the alienists. <laughs> They're the same They're the, the Mon Calamari. <laughs> Build a space wall. <laughs> Which, actually, speaking of famous lines, uh, there was a famous line in this one that was hidden. Someone oh. does say, I've got a bad feeling about this. Oh. Oh. And it's BB-8. Oh. <laughs> There's a, uh, um, the first line that BB-8 says when they come up to the, to the, um, to the destroyer. Mm-hmm. Uh. And he goes like, yeah, we'll keep it, but good. But his response... The, uh, that was apparently an alt line reading because the initial one was, "Oh, I've got a good feeling about this," uh, and they switch swapped it. But yeah, BB-8 in the, that language, you know how they say like they, people say it and then they translate it. Yeah, because uh, it was Ben Schwartz in the first one. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's uh, BB-8's first line is, "I've got a bad feeling about this." He's like, he goes, keep it to yourself, buddy, or whatever. Yeah. Is yeah. Hater still his part of his voice? I don't know. It was because it was Hater and Schwartz. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That would be awesome if they. Well, I don't know because uh, that was JJ, and JJ's boy wasn't in this one. Oh. Snap yeah. Wexley. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, Greg Grunman. Yeah. Yeah, Grunberg, which I looked up because I read uh, the Visual Dictionary already <laughs> for this one, <laughs> or Visual Encyclopedia, whatever it is. And it calls that out, actually. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it says... Let me see if I can pull it up here real... I mean, I quick. feel like they could justify, like, he was off on another mission or something, and he comes back. Yeah, that's yeah. basically what it, it says. something about... I can't pull it up. But that um, due to the quick evac of the base, the rebellion is scattered to, to multiple checkpoints. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's kind of like a way that they can yeah. kind of bring back certain, certain people. people. Yeah. I it mean, was, that would make sense. really sad that nobody answered her, their distress call. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just the whole thing. Like, I, I get... They could have had a new phone. Yeah. They were using Verizon. <laughs> Who dis? <laughs> Rebellion? I, mean, I, I get why a lot of this was so polarizing for people. It was a very sad movie. And, like, mm-hmm. the whole time, even though I loved yeah. it, I just felt like claustrophobic just like shit they're, they're gonna oh, get yeah. them mm-hmm. and also um we didn't really talk about luke all that much but i know a lot of people are upset that luke isn't all good and growing up as a kid that's like what they're like oh luke is all white he's like was... the perfect beacon of life but I, he I, he's human i don't think he was well i don't think he's totally I don't even think he's bad in this movie. I just think he's, he's human. I, I just think he's, he's cut off from the force. Yeah. I, I think he just he. I think he's he's seen as he's like. I think it's he's got like the Benicio del Toro. He's got a different viewpoint though. While Benicio del Toro is like you know, there's no good guys, there's no bad guys. Everybody's from a certain point of view. Yeah, and he's he <laughs> says I'm gonna get what I can get. Well, I think Luke just like, look, I, I've seen. I don't know how to handle it. I need to, like, you know, get out of this. Because if I train more Jedi, they're going to be more powerful, and they're going to turn on me, and then everybody's fucked, you know? Yeah. Did anyone else notice, uh, of course, his being the only hut with a door, what his door was? Mm-mm. It's the S-foil from his X-Wing. Uh-huh. Oh. 
His ex, I finally caught the X wing. His X wing was yeah, yeah, in the water, which was beautiful. Yeah, that was a uh, part of the the wing of his X wing was his I door. Was, uh, I think that was a. Uh, I I I thought the third act of this movie was just so good, mm-hmm. so awesome. I mean, I don't have any. Uh, the, the the shot the best shot of the movie of probably any Star Wars movie is when Luke's standing there and you see the wide shot of all the <laughs> yeah. and that one thing just picks up its leg and just drops it and oh, you see the size of them yeah that is so awesome the light coming and, through them yeah it just it, and that's what I loved about the World of Worlds movie that Steven Spielberg did and he had a lot of these wide shots of these alien spaceships and you can just see like the dread like oh my god like these things look. And they did it great in Rogue One. They got really got mm-hmm. that point of view shots of these things just coming at you and how yeah, terrifying that would be. Yeah. And, and to, to the point of Luke's character, uh, it's something I didn't think about maybe until the second viewing as well. It's like, yeah, of course, he's cantankerous. He's kind of being a, a, a dick to Ray. But like, he is like, who are you? Here's this person that's come to him that he doesn't know who they are saying, train me. And again, like you said, yeah. it's like, well, it doesn't work so well for me. But like the second he sees Chewie, he's yeah. Luke. Yeah. The second he sees R two, yeah, he's Luke. Yeah. He sees Leia. That's like like when he's interacting with the people he knows, he's the Luke we know and that we remember from childhood. Oh, the wink at C three. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and and that's one of the things that I I thought about too on this time was I wonder if that's because three PO was the only one who could tell that he wasn't there. Yeah. 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 Because he was a force ghost or whatever, like the force projection. Yeah. yeah. If I wonder if he was going to say something about, but Skywalker. Like, yeah. Just keep, don't it, keep it. That, keep and it I, and that, that wink, knowing where it was going, was like a ah. Uh, yeah. Which of course is the other thing I noticed the second time, knowing that he was a force projection. Luke didn't make any footprints. Oh, I didn't notice that. Watch, too. watch oh. that fight, and you keep seeing Kylo Ren's feet kicking back. And whenever Luke moves, he's standing on pristine white. And I think they're setting something up because this is the first Force ghost I saw that actually could could manipulate the world around them. Like Yoda caused a fire mm-hmm. yeah. and it hit him on the head. Yeah. And he was less fluey. He was more real. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, much more tactile. Yeah. Than so I think ghosts. maybe that... Because I guess it's a new Jedi thing is this thing with Liam Neeson's character. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. Because he says that that's... He talked to Yoda so that he learned how to do this, and now he's taught me. And now, now they're learning how to really do it. So I think my hope is next movie, Luke can. Luke is like pretty much gave himself the force because he can help a lot better because he can be anywhere he wants. Oh, to what be. if the final battle is on the astral plane? Yeah. <laughs> oh, holy it's all it's all the Jedi versus all the Sith. Oh, that would be pretty awesome. Man, that would blow my mind. Well, that somebody said like. Oh, it's so exciting! Luke's gone. It's like Luke's not gone. Yeah. No. Like, have you seen the rest of these movies? <laughs> I know. Right. Like, he's gonna but be I mean, back and full on. I felt Jedi it more ghost. this time, though. Yeah. I felt it so much more the second one because the first time I watched, it, like, oh shit, are they killing Luke too? Are they? Because I got so concerned the first time I watched it, like fanboy mode, like they killed Con, they killed Han. Now they're killing Luke, and we know Carrie's gone. Yeah. So, like, for some reason, that aspect of it really hit me this time, knowing that I was watching his death scene, and this is kind of the end. Mm-hmm. It hit me harder the second time when I knew it was coming. I have a lot yeah. to say on this topic, too, because I, I Luke was probably my favorite aspect of this film. I loved Mark Hamill's performance. Yeah, you wrote, like, a love letter. Yeah, it's like a love letter to Luke, you know, and, it, and not in a way that maybe people wanted 
they probably mm-hmm. wanted, like Josh said, they wanted the old Luke Skywalker yeah, from start to finish. Yeah. And I said, well, like I said, the, all I three movies. I want the movies, thing I already know. Yeah. yeah. But he, he evolved in all three movies. It's 30 years later. I He's know. Be a different person. <laughs> and as an actor, I'm the same person I was when I watched Return of the Jedi. <laughs> God, yeah. I am still five years old. <laughs> as much as people love, we all, like, as much as people love Luke, I think the critics were always critical of Mark Hamill's performance, at least in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And Mark Hamill's an incredibly talented actor. I mean, his Joker in the animated series for Batman is considered definitive in a lot of sets. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's, Joker. the Joker and Luke Skywalker were played by the same guy. Let's, let's let that sink in yeah. for a minute. Um, so I think Ryan Johnson wanted to probably give Mark Hamill something to play that wasn't just the same beats he's played before, that this is an older seasoned Luke. Mm-hmm. I never thought for a minute that Luke was evil. He never was. Luke was just disengaged and perhaps downtrodden because he felt guilty about what he caused. Although I thought he had the best of intentions with what he was going to do to Kylo. <laughs> sort of like how Poe, Finn, and Rose had the best intentions. Right. Yeah. Sort of like Obi-Wan had the best of intentions when he also, trained. It, it's also then the whole thing of living up to that legend that mm. everybody knows, but he's right. still a person. In the same way, like, Finn was this legend to Rose when they first met, but he's yeah. still a fallible person. Extremely. But <laughs> yes. the problem with fans, though, and I, I think this is, I, I, I don't agree with it, but I, what's, I think where it's coming from is Luke Skywalker is not an ordinary film character. He was a lot of people's childhood heroes. Mm-hmm. So there's a deep connection that a lot of people have to Luke. And I had a, he was my childhood hero. Same with Han. So when you're seeing, A, these guys more cynical, Han was always cynical, so that was easy to play. We're not used to Luke being cynical and seasoned, but you're also seeing them die. So it's like, oh my god, it's like a relative dying for some of these people mm-hmm. to see Han stab with a with a lightsaber. Oh, and I Luke. cry every time I watch it. Yeah. yeah, you know, I hated the way that Han just fell down too. I, I don't wish he had a little more dignified yeah. death than he did. But in a way, I, I think it works for the story and the characters too, because Han is not a dignified character. So maybe he did kind of need to go the way he did. But Luke, it was a perfect ending. Oh, he, he would have shot his own son. That would have been the most Han thing to ever do. He, he shot him first. <laughs> yeah, he, he, hands him his, <laughs> he hands him his saber and shoots him. It's like, I knew you were going to shoot him. He goes, I shot first. And just walks off. I mean, that would have Everybody yeah. knew. I think we all knew that Han was going to die. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. just the way that Harrison Ford yeah, came back. Yeah, he's Are you yeah. saying all the promos for the first one were Harrison Ford, yet somehow all the promos for this one were Mark Hamill? Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Why? I tr- truly believe the, the, this last one was the Carrie Fisher one. Well, they said it was. Yeah. yeah. They so said they that Nine Leia. was going to be the love letter to Carrie Fisher. And you watch this one, and Leia is there... And she's good, but she's not. She's. There was a Leia thing that really, really got me, though. Yeah. It was between Leia and Luke. And when he's, like, giving her the, I don't know. The, the dice. The dice. Yeah. And when he said, like, just because somebody, you know, somebody's never really gone. Yeah. And I, I totally was yeah tears. Because for people who have listened to my podcast, I did a whole episode just for Carrie Fisher. Mm. And did watch three Carrie Fisher movies because I adore Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Not just because she's Princess Leia. She's the Burbs. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's it. Yeah, she's. But her as a writer, like I, oh, yeah, and right. as a feminist icon, and as somebody who 
would talk about mental illness and how it's a thing and you shouldn't shy away from talking about those things. Like, I loved Carrie Fisher. And then for that, like, she's not really gone. I or, I was just like, oh, did, my God. Did everyone see the story how they took Gary Fisher to the movie? Yeah, I read that. That was fantastic. No. And he perked up every time she was on screen and he heard her voice. Seriously, check out Gary Fisher's Instagram because it is amazing. And also check out, I'm blanking on the name, but if, if you know like what Star Wars means and just what like the pure get rid of the stupid fanboy argument stuff, look at the, the Instagram of the actress that played Rose. Yeah. Just do yourself a favor, look at her Instagram and all the stuff she'd been posting since the premiere and just try, I mean, try to be cynical. Just yeah. can't do it. It's amazing. This is her first movie role too. Yeah, yeah. And she she, very good. she told yeah. her family she was filming an indie in Toronto. Oh wow! Wow. Well, yeah, <laughs> you can't say that kind of stuff. Like I've heard interviews mm-hmm. with John Boyega about how like he couldn't tell anybody that he was cast in Star Wars, and yeah. Yeah. and he told a girl and tried to hook up with her, and she left. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody wow. would believe me. Yeah, but. The way <laughs> using Star Wars to try to get laid is just amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time that's I, ever happened. I think the, uh, I, I think in, in a bubble, if, if Carrie Fisher was still alive, I would have a different reaction to this movie. Yeah. Then like, because then you're like, oh, she's going to confront Kylo Ren, and where where Han failed, where Luke didn't really fail, but he did a little well, better. But he had to give up himself right, to do it. She would have it. She, she would prove to be the ultimate. I Jedi. thought. See, I thought she was gonna actually lead to be the one who basically would teach Ray. Ray. Yeah. And then it wasn't be her in active confrontation, but basically, she would she would be the mother of the rebellion, and Poe, Finn, and Ray would be her surrogate children yeah. that would take out her real child. That's what I was kind of expecting. And she's uh, her power has never been. Everybody knows she's like force sensitive. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she. Mention it and like you know I always I always kind of knew, but she well, she had that connection. Awakens also she knows when things are happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then, then there's the famous sequence in Empire where she's connected to Luke at the yeah. very end, and they didn't. Yeah. That was before they even mentioned they were twins. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, when I watched look back on it, they must have known they were going to make Luke and Leia mm-hmm. siblings mm-hmm. before Jedi. But I think in the third one you were going to see the full power, like yeah, how. Yeah. Like she's because you got a taste of it in this. So yeah, do you think the tri- I think that the trilogy shortchanged her as a character in general when you look? Although she was fantastic in the trilogy, but by Jedi it seemed like her role was I guess it was true with Han. They were both kind of underplayed in that movie, so I was kind of hoping they would flesh her out a bit more in this and have give her more to do, which they were starting to do. If that That's movie was made, if the first Star Wars was made now in a way the climate is, it might have been reversed. Leia yeah. might have been the one to confront because of just. Yeah. yeah. Back then, it's like it has to be a white male. You know, this is a story. You're goddamn right. It yeah. does. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you learn more on this podcast. Yeah. But um, I agree, Eric. <laughs> so let's, just, just, that's just, why we're all sad about it. Just, just for the white male is what that was. Man, you're just a pawn in our scheme. Oh, right, right. To convert right. you. Um, convert me to become a white male. Yeah. 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 And you're halfway there. <laughs> Join us in our white whale. Definitely white. Yeah. Uh, uh, so then. So then, uh, just throwing this out there for fun, because I was thinking about it today after watching the movie and, and the comments about um, you know, what they would have done with Carrie Fisher and how we thought the third one was. 
where would you take the third movie now? Yeah. I was wondering the same thing. So I, I'll, I'll go first because I actually have an idea that I was thinking about so that I'll stall everyone for time. <laughs> um, but my thinking is, like, I would actually start the first movie with a chase because it always has to be some kind of space yeah. kind of chasing mm-hmm. of the Falcon having to shake some kind of Imperial threat. And then you see that it is Lando on it. Who basically is like, I told you to let me drive, or something or other, you know, cantankerous Lando. And they end up shaking it, and they end up in um, the ruins of Alderaan, which in the books is actually now a space station. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they basically have been trying to mine all, and all the stuff there and collecting relics, because they're worth so much in the open market, but have them meet at Alderaan space station for the funeral of Leia to start off the first one. Because obviously, at that point, you got Lando, who's the, her, the last connection, yeah, really, to and, Leia and the family. And we haven't had Billy D. Williams yet, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, you could introduce him in through that way, and make it make the tribute to Leia could be done through Lando because he's the last one left, essentially. They need to bring him back, too. I, I, I'd love to see so, Lando back. If, if you start that, you think you're going into this huge battle as, like, they're trying to shake a Star Destroyer or something. Mm-hmm. And that, it's maybe it's, like, five, six years in the future at this point. Because there needs to be a time jump. Yeah. Yeah. Is that one guy with the big mouth still alive? Yeah, Nine Nub. Is he still alive? Mm-hmm. That'd be great. You're like, like, Ray is, like, like, she's, like... We need someone to fly the Millennium Falcon. And say, well, no one wants to fly that old piece of junk. And, and that guy goes, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, he doesn't speak basic. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I said, get closer. <laughs> and then, then he goes, hey, Colt 45, everybody. I'm back. I'm also Harvey Dent. <laughs> he got to do it in Lego Batman. Yeah, he did. He did. That's he awesome. finally got that. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how I'd introduce it as like, Basically, a small ceremony on the Alderaan space station of just the people to like to honor Carrie, essentially. And mm-hmm. can you only see four spirits of people you actually knew when they were alive? I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. Or, okay, if we consider the remaster, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or, I see where you're going. I see where you're going. Yeah, then, then because Luke, you know, he didn't know uh, Liam Neeson. Yeah. yeah, he didn't know him, but he saw him. But again, that's the remaster. George Lucas going daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was I wonder, got in that, or was that just Anakin? As, uh, I thought it was just Anakin. I thought it was Hayden just. Yeah, I thought it was just Hayden Christensen. I thought Anakin. Qui-Gon was there, too. Maybe not. I don't think so. But Wait, I, I don't know that. Part? Obi-Wan. And that's right. There are only Anakin. three of them. Yeah. And Qui-Gon yeah. is not a. He couldn't have been a ghost. That's right. So, yeah. But, so maybe. So, I mean, it, but, but again, he sees Vader as. As Anakin, so I mean, it, yeah. it's not who he knew, but he had he had enough. But, but he had a connection, connection. Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So maybe there has to just be a connection. The Force must have connected to you to your spirits. Yeah, like can Ray see Yoda, kind of thing. Right. Well, Luke what? couldn't see Kylo Ren when what? he was disconnected from the Force. But I think that's because he was disconnected from the Force, not necessarily disconnected from. Right, but as Kylo. soon as he could, but as soon as he was connected to the Force, he saw him. 
That's true. That'd be great though if there's some guys that see like crappy Jedi's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck? I, you get I got that, and I get I got the squid guy. I get the squid guy. I can't even understand what he's saying. I'm the guy that got mowed down. I get the guy that just keeps asking me. He's like, I don't speak your language. I don't understand you. I got all the kids that Anakin killed, and they. Oh God. Force kids. <laughs> Force ghost kids. Oh, God, that would be so fucking creepy. Okay, you know what? You know what? This this, this is how uh, we get... Um, uh, uh, was it, uh, what's it? Uh, the Shape of Water director. Oh, uh, Guillermo del Toro. This is Guillermo del Toro's Star Wars movie. There you go. <laughs> Force ghost kids. <laughs> In all serious... On oh, no, all oh, no, somewhat seriousness, it would be cool if Qui-Gon came back to consult Rey as the first... Jedi yeah. to have that power to show her how to take the Jedi even further down. Yeah. Like maybe Luke consults with Qui Gon. That would be kind of a cool fan service yeah. thing to do if they were going to do well, something like that. Well, be a good. I, I think a good source of comedy would be if they bring Edward McGregor back with Luke, and Luke says, "Oh, you look different." And he's like, "Well." Well, and then, like any, but, yeah, but then you bring yeah. Hayden Christensen, and everyone would be like, yeah. "Hey, we went with the prime." And yeah. Luke's like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah." You know, he's like, you, "You can be whatever version of it." Well, I feel like this movie definitely establishes that you can kind of be whatever version. Yeah. I mean, he's more astral projection or whatever, but he's not. His beard looks not, better. Yeah, he's yeah. not a ghost, but yeah, he's he's trimmed up. He's a little bit. He's the younger yeah. Luke from like the. Kylo Ren yeah. memory mm-hmm. versus the... That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's... that's yeah, that's, which I kind of feel like he was doing on purpose to really intimidate Kylo and, mm-hmm. like, bring it out. Like, this isn't a more grizzled Luke. This is the one you remember. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's a great scene. He's like, I want you to fire every gun at that man. <laughs> <laughs> which is an awesome... I, I just, like, I thought that was just the most awesome thing. Speaking of comedy, since... Kathleen Kennedy's put out the open call to uh, what's I'm gonna I can never pronounce his name correctly but Tiki the guy who directed Thor Ragnarok oh, yeah. Taika Waititi Taika Waititi what would you like to see him do as an offshoot Star Wars movie oh Jabba got, I'd like to see him t- take on like because I heard they were developing a Jabba the Hutt movie that that was a possibility interesting but see, I, was th- I don't I was th- know if it should work it should work as a comedy but there that would be kind of a cool thing for him to, to tackle because it's yeah. quirky yeah, mm-hmm. I was I was thinking as well like a Boba Fett. Yeah, I could see him do, especially since you know the actors were all New, uh, New Zealanders or whatever. Yeah, that's Not, true. Yeah, that. But yeah, he he could actually work with that. Um, it made me think of uh, Hunt of the Wilder People. Yeah, it's like that with mix that with Thor Ragnarok to do like a bounty hunter. Oh. It'd be great to do like the first Jedi or something like. Just you just go mm-hmm. like who's the first. Who's like the Jesus of the religion? You know? That was the guy in, whose picture was in the center of the pool. Yeah. At the temple that Luke was at. Who, who's the director of Arrival and Blade Runner 20, was it 39? Uh, Dennis. Yeah, he's yeah, shown interest. Yeah. He's shown interest in directing a standalone Star Wars. Oh he's also um, on the very short list for a couple other ones, if I'm not mistaken, I, Bond 25. Um, 
love Denis Villeneuve. He's one of my favorite directors. And yeah. Like living directors. Craig's trying to get him for Bond Twenty Five. I would love to see that guy I've, tackle. I've read some stuff about that. I yeah. would love that. They have the they have like the nice guy trio of directors: Ryan Johnson, J.J. Abrams, and Ron Howard. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. it's like people that are universally yeah. well liked. You know. Well, I mean, so speaking of directors, I like what Ryan Johnson did with this I did movie. Too. Yeah. Oh, the Wonder Woman. She should. Patty Jenkins. Patty, Patty Jenkins would definitely yeah. direct a Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That she would good. knock it out of the park. Oh yeah. I think you're going to have a whole what? line of anybody who directs a great blockbuster or a great like science fiction, like the Ex Machina guy could do a Star Wars movie too. You I like his that. next movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Annihilation. I know, yeah. with a yeah, Star Wars cool. actress. Oh yeah, that looks really interesting. Yeah, we yeah. saw an extended preview for that today. Oh. That made it look even better. Man. It did. Um, but um, I think you're going to have a whole line of people that are going to be lining up. I think the issue they've been having behind the scenes is that they, come up, they have these directors with an original vision you seen the clash of Lucasfilm creatively. Right. But I don't think it's because for superficial corporate reasons. It seems to me more they just didn't clash personality-wise with Kathleen Kennedy. Because Ryan Johnson takes risks, and they love him. Mm-hmm. They didn't like Colin Trevorrow. They didn't like Josh Trank. But those guys oh. seem to have personality issues oh, beyond that. Trank. And Lord Miller I like, and they handled their, theirs well. It sounded like they were trying to make that into a pure a comedy. A pure comedy from yeah. everything I've read. Which yeah. I understand. Honestly, like, Kathleen Kennedy, since she has been head of Lucasfilm with these three new films, she's got a really great track record. Not just from that. I mean, oh. for decades oh, yeah. of her work. She's amazing. I trust her. She's, yeah. she's the best blockbuster I, producer. Yeah, she is. She and, and Feige right now yeah. are the two got people. Mm-hmm. And, 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 that's, and that's why you won't see... Yeah. Uh, um, Patty Jenkins, because Warner Brothers is just going to throw as much money at her as possible, especially at, especially because she's going to be oh, like War- Warner Snyder. Brothers is going to have to pay, it's going to start paying directors a shit ton amount to get them away from Disney and Fox. Yeah. There's going to be an arms race. Yeah. Because Disney Fox already won intellectual property. Uh, it's going to be. A I think the trouble though race. is there's such a big they're they're hiring. It's not trouble, but you make. Nowadays, because they don't want to pay enormous sums for these, like a Spielberg, unless they for have talent. to, or Ron Howard, mm-hmm. that they, they, someone makes a good independent film, and they're like, okay, now you can take a step up, and it's a big difference between making a, a, a yeah, a indie film, and then going up to doing the Star Wars film, mm-hmm. and it can be. And sometimes the hubris of an indie filmmaker, you're doing everything on your own, you're, 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 you know, you're a lot of, you're telling everybody what to do, then you get in a situation where you, you're, you're, you have a $200 million budget, and you have, you know, you can't just say, hey, I'm going to do a Han Solo film, but we're going to make it like, you know, we're going to make it yeah. like the Lego movie, and it's like, well, we've, <laughs> we've already know who Han Solo is. Yeah. If you just yeah. do, destroy it, it's going to be like, this doesn't, this is not Han Solo. Well, totally. I just, yeah. I don't think it's a good... What do they think they're gonna get with Taika Waititi though? Because I mean, if you do like Thor, I mean I haven't seen it, but it, you guys criticize it's fantastic. It's funny. It's fantastic. And it, then what we do in the shadows just, is amazing, but I mean that was obviously straight up comedy. It's it's a different Thor. It's like watch, he, watch yeah. Hunt uh, for the Wilder People. It is a completely different movie. Uh, has anyone else seen it? No, no it's I, on my list. I, I, I totally recommend it. Although I also trigger alert. Uh, 
trigger warning, and I happened to watch it at a bad time, but uh, there is the death of a dog in it. So, trigger warning for anybody that that's a thing. Happened to watch that like two weeks after uh, Mojo passed, and I was that was a rough movie from that point on. Um, but Sam Neill is amazing. Oh, I love Sam in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and explains his cameo in Thor. Too. Yes. Um, yeah. It's it's Sam Neill in the wilderness with a kid hiding out from authorities. Huh. Yeah, I've heard wonderful things yep. about it. I think the key for anybody going into Lucasfilm is they want original ideas. I think they're okay with that, but you have to respect the tonal consistency of the mm-hmm. franchise. You can't turn Han Solo into Ace Ventura like we've heard or be so irreverent that you're, it, it takes you out of the movie. I think you kind of yeah. have to adhere to certain things to keep that well, intact. There was a lot of humor in this movie. There was. Yeah. But it never felt like cheesy or like it didn't fit like even you know we were talking about like throw every gun at the you know point every gun at that guy and then Hux is even like "Uh, do you think we hit him like you know it's it's a character Mark Hamill I I think got the humor and was not and and just instead of undercutting his that's why I hate when humor undercuts like in Thor it's good but like you immediately see a different Thor than you saw in every other movie that they've established. Like, his humor before was, he's a fish out of water. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. his comments is like, hey, that's my brother you're talking about. He killed a million people. Well, we're adopted. That's perfect. That's a perfect yeah. joke. Mm-hmm. But just him saying, like, just being sarcastic and being like, I, you know, being like Robert Downey Jr., he's not. He's not that character. And it's like, you know, then you're going to see him in Infinity War and they're going to direct him like they've always directed him. You know, and it's... it's, it's yeah. Humor... I, my my favorite humor is like the Mark Hamill like you said the gun I love that that's a great humorous mm-hmm. thing but stays in the character well, like even a, Mark Hamill I know some people have had a problem with it but after like yeah. the smoke clears and he does the little brush off his yeah face, I, I love amazing. that I loved I it but love it, apparently that. some people were like oh that's totally out that, of character but the whole point was to yeah. goad Kylo Ren into coming out yeah. right yeah. exactly that was, it all fit purpose mm-hmm. yeah and it fits if it's he would do that luke would do that right luke would do that yeah. and it's all about like you said it's baiting him the whole part of it his appearance everything is about baiting kylo ren yeah. to buy time for everyone else to escape well she yeah. says she's from jakku he's like i'm from nowhere he's like well you there's you're from everybody's from somewhere i'm from jakku and he's like oh yeah that's mm-hmm. nowhere yeah. <laughs> i mean that's a great lie i, I and that's why the brush off worked because Luke has established himself in older age as sarcastic. Like yeah. Obi Wan yeah. was was just kind of a hopeful guy, a fun your favorite grandfather type guy. Yoda was ornery. That like as they got into older mm-hmm. age, they developed these eccentricities. Luke's was sarcasm. I think that's kind of the the thread line yeah. they're going with. It was a badass thing to do. You know? Yeah, it's yeah. Such a, because these are westerns. You know, and this is a western. You know, this is, yeah. this is so all samurai. 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 I mean, the brush up, that was very yeah, yeah. Well, how many westerns were just renamed samurai? Yeah, at least half. Yeah. I really like that. I don't like scene with the... Star Wars is just a western. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so. <laughs> so is Big Trouble in Little China. Right. <laughs> I think Star Wars are more fun than westerns. Watching a bunch of old guys in jeans shooting guns at each other gets boring after a while. A little bit. <laughs> old guys in jeans. Well, this has been Sean Wheeler describes westerns. <laughs> old guys in jeans. That's my take on well, a western. I, I will defend, I'm a huge John Wayne fan. I love I, him. I love him. 
was I love some old westerns. Damn it, what yeah. was it? Is, yeah. it? is it Zoolander? What's the movie? It's about where he's like trying to describe acting to his... <laughs> like what, what he does as an actor. I could see John Wayne would be great in a Star Wars movie. Like as an old Jedi. Oh, he'd be so cantankerous it would be yeah. wonderful. Yeah, 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 awesome. It would be like Rooster Cogburn angry. Okay, <laughs> Luke, you gotta look this way and not that way. You have to bring balance. I love they like go to like a Jedi bar where they just like bitch about you know, like just they they let it all hang loose, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like they can just. They thought real. Jedi after Jedi hours. hours. It's like a reality like, show. I would like to see John Wayne. You just Wayne want to see Jedi locker room talk? <laughs> 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 yeah, like, yeah. What does Jedi talk about? More? I want to see now John Wayne as a Jedi and James Cagney as a Sith Lord. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be rooting for the Sith. In that I know, I would be like, Come here, see? You're my mom? Hey, Ma! <laughs> the man in their bar is going to have, like, Jedi stand-up comics, like yeah. Seinfeld as a Jedi. Like, like, is here, here the Force? Bob Hope is Han Solo. Hey! <laughs> wow, this, we have cast a true shitty movie. I Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> like, if Bob Hope was Han Solo, he'd constantly be trying to entertain all the... the Stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be, yeah, exactly. The they, wrong side, too. They would be like, like no, 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 come on, we, we have this thing. He's like, oh, but I gotta tell him another joke. We hey, gotta gang. get another one-liner. Wait a second, I'm gonna bring out Julie Newmar. It's like... <laughs> him carrying a putter and no one knows what the hell that is in that universe. <laughs> Why does he have a metal stick? He's <laughs> <laughs> not a laser. <laughs> yeah, we haven't. You know, that's interesting. You never had like a stormtrooper. The stormtroopers didn't do anything in this movie. They just lined up for some reason. Are they just constantly lined up? Is that all they do? No, that's that's well, what military is. Like, this has been Eric describes the military. <laughs> Bunch of guys in stiff pants getting in line. That's what yeah. war is. Watch the first half of Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Well, what I learned from to find westerns in the military today. That's what, what I learned from an Independence Day is that when anybody lined up, they were playing an invasion. Mm. Oh. So I don't know what they were going to invade. <laughs> well, crate. Oh, the the, pl- the mine plant. Yeah, yeah, they were just going to take a lot more people before so many went boom. I mean, I they, they're all salt deficient. <laughs> They're like cats. They like each other's skin. <laughs> he who controls the salt. <laughs> uh, I mean, you had stormtroopers with phasma, like shooting, yeah. but yeah. that was about. But they were lying. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah, the executioners for the amount of promo they got and everything, and for their screen time. <laughs> you mean the, the guard? But oh no, the executioners, the uh, the ones with the black strip, oh, the yeah, stormtroopers okay. with the black. Stripe, they got like their own toys and Hallmark ornaments this year as well. Uh, so did the guards. But... Well, the guards, they were pretty cool. They were cool. Yeah. Did you guys like the creatures in general in the movie? Like the porgs and the... Uh, I did. Uh, I like the, the porgs. I, like the I did too. I, I like them. And the caretakers. Yeah, I love yeah, the caretakers. I really liked the caretakers. Yeah. And that they were practical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I were. like that they were practical. And also the weird thing on the island that he like milked. Oh, yeah. super see, gross, that, yeah. that's when you knew this was going to be a different movie. When Luke drank green milk. No. Oh, Not we won't get into the milk. <laughs> we won't get into the animal itself. That giant ass fish. Yeah. It was like a walrus. 
Everything is like kind of similar to something. Yeah, yeah they are. You, they have like like hidden animals. Like there was one where they had an upshot and you saw like this big fin come out of the water. Oh, yeah. yeah well, that's the kind of stuff I always love that, that I know Lucas always tried to put in to make the universe feel lived in. Yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. there should always it's be something. Yeah. Is it me or is Chewbacca always befriend something that he was going to kill or didn't like at first? <laughs> I, okay, I love that scene where he's going to meet him. <laughs> and then they do like the like precious moments on oh, yeah. at, at him. I thought that was great. And he keeps going like, I'm going to turn this way. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And then he ends he's up just, being his little sidekick. You should still eat it, though. I mean, the deed's been done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like it was more disrespectful Maybe to the animal to not it eat it. Yeah. That it's point. like the American, you know, the, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Native American, Native American, or what they, yeah. uh, First Nations people. Yeah, use all parts of the buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. use all parts. You eat the pork. And use all eat, parts of the park. Then you don't oh. eat anymore. <laughs> well, and I like one of the things they did too, like with that island where the caretakers, if you notice, had avian feet. Yes. Oh. So it was that. like one of those things of. Obviously, that's how things evolved on that island. You've got the porgs, and you've got the mm-hmm. caretakers. Yeah, with, they all have the... the like, with avian feet, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. They became nuns, somehow. <laughs> well, in uh, the... Apparently, cutscenes there are the men. The men are, like, fishermen. So the men go off to sea while the women stay in and take care of the island. Oh, that isn't sexist. <laughs> hey, I don't want to judge their culture. It's not my place. That's true. I, I, I'm looking at this from modern lenses. That'd be great if the men were at the casino. This was a long, long time ago. <laughs> it's a galaxy far, far away. It is. That'd be great if the men were at the casino, you know, like just gambling away all their non-money. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a gold mine there or something. My favorite moment with the caretakers was when the rock fell down. Oh, oh. God, yes. And you could tell, like, it was literally just like, oh, Jedi. Like, yeah. Uh, here they go again. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? I was going to say, were, uh, were the Porg all CGI? Like, it seemed like in The Force Awakens there was a lot more puppetry than in this. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think maybe the Porgs were. I think the, I'm not sure about the Caretakers, but... The Caretakers looked real. Everything in the yeah, casino looked practical. CGI, though. Yeah. I prefer more practical creatures yeah. than CGI, honestly, in Star Wars. Like, the mm-hmm. Rancor, that felt tangible to me. Wampa mm-hmm. felt tangible some of those things in the prequels that came out during that uh, gladiator fight were so uh, fake and cartoony no. that it took me out of it. Because so before Force Awakens, I I think maybe that's also why I had a different reaction to Force Awakens. I watched, I did the twenty four hour marathon in the theater mm. and watched all of them in order. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, and then. Did Force it make a- you watch all the Clone Wars cartoons in the middle? No, okay. well, that would have been another day and a half. <laughs> but More. the the thing that was okay. kind of frustrating with the prequels, I mean, other than that they're the prequels, is the CGI and stuff, and it doesn't hold up as well no. as. I mean, it's the same when you watch the remastered. Like every single thing that Lucas tweaked and added some stupid little like, oh look, this thing's gonna fly in. Yeah. It just doesn't hold like, up well. Like you're saying, like why shoot on a rooftop if you're gonna do a green screen CGI behind yes, it? Yes, yes. Uh, that's I a, saw what you did there. I saw what you did. That's a reference. <laughs> oh to hi, Mark. The disaster. Egg. <laughs> uh, um, the worst culprit. Sorry, I'll explain it to you later. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I know. I think Jedi suffers the most from those those tweakings that uh, Lucas did and that Jedi rock scene in Jabba's palace oh, I hate 
with such Why? a passion. It used to just be the band sitting there and Sai Snoodles, I think is her name, yeah, yeah. would just like dance around. I, I enjoyed that. Now they have this whole number, oh, which is god awful, and it takes me completely out of the picture. I love that. The, I, I love all the Family Guy Star Wars parodies, even though some people don't. But I think they're amazing. I'm glad Disney bought Fox just so we can get more of those. <laughs> yeah. But when they did the parody of Jedi, like they were like, "Oh, look at this new character in the remaster," and it's just a sock puppet. Like and it goes in front of the entire screen and goes, "Hey guys, what's going on?" <laughs> yes. God. You know, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of stuff. I don't want to say go back to the original cuts on those because I feel like a lot of stuff was kind of cleaned up and fixed and it does look a lot nicer. Yeah. But I feel like maybe someone should just go in as an editor and make Han shoot first. Remove that musical number. No more screaming no. There's, just like a couple things like that. that like, There's a difference between like a 4K restoration of the original print, which makes it look as pristine as possible, yes. versus adding all these weird CGI characters. Like that Jabba scene in, in A New Hope is unnecessary because yeah. it's. Yeah. They even said like Mark Hamill had written there. He said that what Han talks about is repetitive from what he had just talked to with Greedo. It is. It's... So it's unnecessary, you know. And it's just weird watching Jabba hang around with a happy Jabba hanging next to Han. Yeah. It's bizarre. It doesn't. It wasn't worth like making him step on his tail. Oh, but they <laughs> sold the shit out of the fact that he stepped on that tail. Oh, they like, did. It's in so many interviews, like the, and he said, oh, I think Connor just stepped on his tail. And everyone's like, oh! <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, but, the, uh, but it looks weird, too. It just, yeah. Yeah. He goes like this. Yeah. He seemed to jump. That cost a million dollars to do that shit. I know, it did. Um, he did like a, it was like a pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and I also want the original Ewok celebration song yeah, at the end. Too. Yep, yep. I want that. Yeah. I don't want. Well, don't they see celebrations on other planets too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which fine, but that's, just that's, that's all right. Problem. But it's yeah. fine. But I want the original Ewok. Song. And, like, and I mean, that's what I mean. Like an editor thing. Like the, the showing other planets is fine, but Nub Nub is a better choice for the it song. Is. Why did they always sing that instead when we watch it? Why did they get rid of it in the first place? I don't understand the logic behind that. Um, of course, I, I don't understand logic. I think logic. it was something to do with, oh, it's too cutesy or something, but... But you're already there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, already have, you already have Ewoks. I love the Ewoks. I do, too. I, I am. I don't know why I am pro-Ewok. The Ewoks, they thought they were cute, cute. Didn't they try to eat? Oh, yeah. Well, on and, like, they had also, I feel like... a sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Most people think the Ewoks are too cute. We're probably about five, six years older. Yeah. And didn't appreciate them just the same way as like I mean that's just how it is it's like sometimes the things in the movie aren't always for you yeah you know and I remember I was you and I are the same age I love the Ewoks oh you got a year on me buddy I'm I'm not yet in the 40s (laughs) oh that's right yeah I am but I love the Ewoks and Jedi I did I I thought they were uh, fantastic characters my dad even said Lucas put them in there because he wanted to show a primitive race taking down the Empire yeah like he used to explain that to me all the time and that's what was cool about it yeah, I thought I, I, th- I think Return of Jedi is kind of underrated because people put it down. I'm like, I never thought that. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I never like, either. I, I people like just they talk about it like it's a prequel. The, the level of storytelling in prequels is just not good. I mean, yeah, it's just, that's where it fails, you know. And it's mm-hmm. um, and you feel bad for Ewan McGregor because he does his best. I mean, he's yeah. If you just yeah. isolate him, you're like, ah. Oh, 
you're playing a character that's already now the younger version of the character, which I think that was the only, he was the only one that was playing a character, was a, a person who played the original character didn't play him in any of the other movies he played. Yeah. Uh, other than David Prowse. David Prowse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or, or Jeremy Bollock. That's a little easier to do. Yeah, yeah. Because he never really got, you know, you could yeah. burn someone's head off. And, but he was playing someone that was, like, a human. Yeah. And Alex Guinness was... Well, that's where, like, going back in and, like, fixing in uh, Empire so that the Emperor is the Emperor is a fine edit to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not the monkey on a cat body that they film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. 100% agree with that. It yeah. was a much better Little scene. Little edits like that are fine. While we're talking about the original films, I have a question for you guys because when I was talking with Jeremy and my mother-in-law the other night, um, I think it was my mother-in-law who said she wished there had been more of a cliffhanger at the end of this. And Jeremy and I were like, well, there's not really cliffhangers in Star Wars. Like, that's not, like, a big thing. And she's like, what about between Empire and Jedi? Which, also, now there's two Jedis, but... Mm, yeah. Yeah, but she was like, you know, Han just got put into uh, Karmite, and, like, what's gonna happen? And we were like, well, it didn't. that doesn't seem like a, a thing. And she was like, I had to wait three years <laughs> to find out what... And I was like, okay, you know what? That's a fair point, mm-hmm, yeah. because... Jeremy and I just grew up watching the, all three of the movies together and not so much that three year wait in between one yeah. or the other. But do you, did you, have you guys ever thought of that as a cliffhanger? Or... I, I kind of, you know, when I was too young to understand, I think if I was an adult or somebody older, like a teenager, I probably would have felt it as that way. Mm-hmm. Jedi was my favorite as a kid just because I think that's the one I was fully immersed in and had job and all those weird characters mm-hmm. but um uh, as as an adult it's hard to top what empire did empire did things so brilliantly it's hard to go back to that well and i think like i would say in response to that is like star wars is more than plot twists and revelations and cliffhangers yeah i know they're supposed to be modeled after serials but it's hard to shock people anymore because if you shock everybody now some somebody's going to be disappointed it's going to be polarizing um, yeah, know. it was like, oh, well, of course they're going to do it that way, or of course they didn't do it that yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, this is a retread of Empire if you did a cliffhanger. So it's weird how everybody, like I said, yeah. it goes back to a, uh, an initial thesis, thesis I had, which is Star Wars is so big now, it means different things to different people. The Star Wars movie that I have in my head is going to be different from what Eric has or what Amanda has, mm-hmm. and there may not be a consensus because I might like the creatures. Mm-hmm. Eric might like more of a force exploration. Scott might like more uh, porks. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> he but, might but want I, all porks. I, I, I want more. Porks. I feel like this still fits in with the serial thing, though. It does. I mean, especially mm-hmm. in the fact of it doesn't have an ending. No. It it doesn't have. Is Han Solo going to live? I right. think that's what people were. Right. It doesn't have a. Cl- it doesn't have a cliffhanger. Yeah. But it also has a. I mean, it's definitely the adventure continues. Tune, tune in next week for. Yeah, it's very open to what will happen next. It's just not like, oh no, I have to know what's going to happen right now. It's, just, yeah. <laughs> it's it's very Star Warsy, and it did. George Lucas loved the idea that if there was a cliffhanger in the first one, it was resolved in the first act, the second, the next yeah. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you had um, Han going freezing, and then he's released in the first act. Which is great because then you get Han for the whole movie, yeah. Um, and then 
um, and Attack of the Clones I'll just say has that one guy gets away the one Sith guy what's his name Count Dooku mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then he he dies in the first act Anakin kills him in the first yeah. part yeah. which I even forgot about him I, was, I remember watching I was like oh there, that yeah, guy's still alive that's cool that they brought him back I got Star in this yeah. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> except he actually got to be in part three of the prequels as opposed yeah. to yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's... but the extended versions are the only versions of Lord of the Rings right yeah, that's true. we can explain that you're going to bring your book in here and explain <laughs> yeah. I love that wizard fight by the way and fellowship between Ian McKellen and Christopher Lee I called the wizard fight yeah um uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think what we get instead of a cliffhanger, though, is a very moving kappa to the whole movie, which is mm-hmm. unique, mm-hmm. Uh, which is that sl- the, the slave boy showing he has some force powers. What's he do? What, what force power does he have? He, uh, he can move a broom. The, the broom, broom comes, comes to him. To him. It was oh, hard that's to... weak. <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I laughed home for a few. Though. All right. So, all right. We'll Scott, I'm going to put a broom three feet away from you right now. <laughs> Let's see your force powers. Yeah. Yeah. Know, how much of a missed opportunity is it that, that ring isn't available right now as a prop item? Oh, now. It, it, it will be. Yeah. But, but yeah, but by Christmas. I mean, yeah. like how. I'm glad the Resistance branded itself this time, too. See, I missed a ton of. I thought Ray killed Snoke, and then I just thought the kid just picked the broom up. I didn't see that he moved it. Yeah, because he walks out and he just holds his hand out, and the broom comes to him. Oh. It's funny when we were sitting. Him. It was probably really hard. <laughs> yeah, we. Angel and I was sitting, and it's like. Our opinions have really been filtered by the shitty experience. Yes. <laughs> you guys saw the full David Blaine. I'm the guy that saw David Blaine from behind and then yelled at Speaking of that, we got lucky today. I, I, uh, Sean and I had separate seats, but I texted him as soon as it happened. Someone brought in a under, a sub one year old baby to the movie. Yes. No. Yeah, with a huge trail. Uh, tr- uh, was it the the stroller that they were trying to figure out where the hell to keep it? Um, what? Right, and they had seats like up, so like they had the trailer down. Or the, Trailer. Stroller. 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 Down in front of they like, just pull their baby like down in front. Trailer. Like down in this front. This looks like a good seat. <laughs> you guys and saw that Dolby, which is. Oh, yeah, like it was bad. Dolby. Yeah. Because right, that's all like shakes you That's going to destroy like... the fucking. Yeah. Uh, it was when the hangar blew up, uh, they left. Uh, I don't understand why. I mean, because we had that experience, Scott. Eric Kong. And I, yeah, King Kong. And we, and we had it for Ant Man. My weird experience with the audience, I think you had left the theater, was that two rows ahead of me, this lady stands up next to the couple and goes, and she's shouting at them, like, don't you ever behave like that in public again. My kid has asthma. And she walks out. And I have no clue what the hell is going on. (laughs) She was laying into them for like five minutes. But the only words I can make out at the end is like, don't you ever behave like that in public again. My kid has asthma. I don't understand how those two thoughts are I don't either. I don't either. This is going to take me all day to unpack that. Yeah, no, that, believe me, it was a... I, I, I got accosted in a movie once. I was chewing gum, and we were watching 300. <laughs> and so we're watching 300, and if anybody's seen that movie, it's a loud movie. It's a big blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. I'm chewing gum, and this guy turns around me, and he's like, I'm sorry, sir, but your gum chewing's really distracting. <laughs> and I was like... Were you like... Chewing gum? Or were you just like, chewing gum? My like, gum dialogue is better than anything you've seen on the stage. There's a lot of nuance in that movie he missed because of the gum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, that's a, a Zack Snyder movie with new ones. That's a, oh, isn't Cer- isn't a Cersei Lannister in that movie? Uh, I've only seen it once, and that's um, all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure yeah. that actress is. Gerald Butler, who after that is like I'm. Be a star. Uh, he's kind of trying. He's, he, he's always just on the periphery and picking the wrong things, like Geostorm. He looks actually really good in this one where he's the kind of the the cop, like the bad cop. He's like, you're not the bad guys, we're the bad guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, he does look good in that one. I don't I know don't about know that movie. I don't know about that movie. I don't know, but he looks good in it. He yeah. looks he looks authentic. But uh, that final scene, though, like, uh, with, did, I thought that was a moving. That was like, all of us, man. Well, you guys saw a completely different movie than I <laughs> Yeah. And then the From the angle I saw, he was upset. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah. He had a Dark Vader figurine, and he was going, <laughs> what's up to uh, the masses? Yeah. <laughs> and they gave the audience the finger, and he said, fuck you guys. That one percenters are right, guys. You have to keep some people. Do you want to be on the right side of history or not? (laughs) Someone really needs to check Scott's meds next time he goes to the movie. (laughs) He started shooting force lightning at these people. I did hear some people were very upset there wasn't force lightning in this. There was. There was lightning, little lightning. There was force lightning. Well, yeah, from from Snoke. Oh, Snoke. I was Yoda had. Yoda. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, Snoke shocked the floor well, when... I heard they were upset Luke did not specifically do Force Lightning. What do you want? <laughs> I don't know why. In the version I saw... What the hell? <laughs> why, why, right. why can't Luke why fly it? and shoot uh, X-ray vision out of his eyes or something like that? Well, Carrie Fisher was going to a number nine. She already got the flying down now. Oh, yeah, she does. Yeah. What did you guys think of that? I thought it was interesting. Um, it, was a little, it looks a little odd. I, mean, I think all the flying in Star Wars when it's done or someone is suspended or when Rey was suspended so far up in the air, it looked kind of off. It reminded me of Mary Poppins, I'll be honest. It's so <laughs> stiff. Yeah, it might be it. I, I, it seems like the Jedi, when they do the Force, they get, they get tired. When the Sith do it, they're like, hey, yeah, you know, man, man, man. They like have, you never notice it's that. It's because they've sold their soul. There's a horcrux in the corner. <laughs> yeah. You don't see is. the emperor, emperor just like, you know, after he's force lighting someone, he's like, oh, I gotta take a second. Well, he doesn't look well. <laughs> no. He <laughs> changes his appearance. That's true. No. But he's celibate, so what does it matter? <laughs> they're all celibate, too. I'm surprised the Sith is celibate because we, we, really, don't, we don't know that. I mean, he could be Harvey Weinsteining everybody. Oh. Yeah. Have you seen a mirror in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> you, know, you might have no clue what he looked like. I know one thing: the Sith cackle more than the yeah. Jedi. There's a lot more they cackling. They have a lot more humor. Yeah, yeah, they do. Well, they have a lot more what they think is humor. Yeah. It's like the guy who's like, "I'm ed- being edgy up here as a stand-up." And you're like, "Oh, oh so they're you're all not. like the Dane Cook of Jedi." <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the difference. The level of humor is different. Yeah, I remember when Darth Maul did six minutes on his itchy asshole. <laughs> you should see Count Dooku when he gets rolling. You knock it, but who has the bigger crowd? <laughs> like now or back when MySpace was a thing. <laughs> the roll of two is kind of a strange role anyway. Like, why only have two Sith? Why don't you have a whole army because of Sith? Because they kill each other. Yeah, because like, they always yeah. turn on each other. Yeah. Right, yeah. But so could the military. They could turn on it's them a too. Fla- it's a flawed system, Sean. <laughs> yeah, why would they want that system? Like, well, I'll be killed one day. By this person that I'm training. Yeah. <laughs> I killed him in his sleep. I trained you to kill me, essentially, is what I'm doing. You know, that replaced me. If you're yeah. good enough. He's like, I don't know what I'm getting out of this. 
while we're talking about, I don't know, Sith Lords and stuff, going back to Snoke, um, I want to talk about when Rey and Kylo fight together. Mm-hmm. Because when they, like, got together like, back to back and were, like, starting to fight, that was one of the times I got chills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I-, I love those, I love those Christmas the guardsmen, too, that had that, like, samurai touch we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. That made them more, like, like more efficient fighters, I guess. That's uh, how you do sexual tension properly in the Star Wars universe. Not talking about sand in your butt. Yeah. <laughs> so, of I course. <laughs> I was glad that Kylo and Rey ended up not being brother and sister. Because mm-hmm. I thought maybe that's where they were going at one point. But, um, oh, and the version I saw, they were. <laughs> <laughs> and he was very well adjusted to <laughs> And they just Snoke the... Is he not a brat? Is the version that you They just handled They just... Well, after Snoke died, they were like, look at... Something happened here. We're Scott, it. Scott accidentally just saw Patterson instead. <laughs> Why was Kylo Ren driving a bus the whole movie? I thought Ray is out... I love Ray, And I love yeah. Daisy Ridley's performance. There's just a sense of decency with Ray. You know, that's perfectly in line with Luke and everybody else. Like, she is a true hero. And I'm glad they're not trying to corrupt her by making her go to the dark side. I like her as a hero. I like, you know, following her in the lead in that, that role. I like that she only calls him Ben. She yeah. won't call yeah. him Kylo. She'll yeah. only call him Ben. Yeah. So or Monster. The... Those are the only two. <laughs> Snake. Is that what Luke did with Vader? Didn't he just call him Father once he found out? And he was trying to turn him Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's true. I like the, the, the word they used the most in this movie was definitely scum. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a Star Wars that's word. Like, that's like the worst insult in that whole galaxy. It is. I love that they have like, it's like, because they, they say this is where the most, the most vile scum in the Scum and villainy. Yeah. You must be careful. That's a great word. I did like, though, when Finn's like, uh, rebel scum. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> gotta get it right. That was, that was cool. Uh, I, I also love Poe in this movie. I thought he was fleshed out a lot more mm-hmm. than he was in The Force Awakens. Yeah, he was I good. liked his yeah. sexual tension with... Um... BB-8? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Um, what's her name? Maz? Yeah, yeah, that was... Oh, Laura Dern was awesome. Yeah, Laura yes. Dern. Although she is uh, into girls in the book. Oh, mm. Really? Interesting. That kind of noticed there was a little something there. With Leia. She was saying, yeah. Is her hair dyed purple? Mm-hmm. Or there was. There was a little something there. All right. Now, is her, her character's hair dyed purple? Yes. Or is it just her hair is purple because that's the species of dyed purple? Uh, I've read she's eccentric in the books. Yes. More than she is in this movie. Yes. You've read about. I've read, read about, about the red. I read. I read. About the books. I read about. Eric reads the books. I read the, the, the profiles. The yeah. notes he reads what I post about the books when I read them when yeah. I post it online. Yeah, but my understanding from what somebody explained, they were just no. I, I think I watched a clip online where someone was disappointed that she wasn't more eccentric in the movie like she was in the books because I guess her character is really quirky. And why wasn't C three PO's arm red in this one? Well, at the end of Force Awakens, it was... It was yeah. back? Yeah. It was Why was it red in the beginning? It was red in the beginning. It was red in the beginning, but then, like, in the very last scene oh. in the Force Awakens, well, you got it fixed. my guess is it's... They fix it. It was like in a... Yeah, so it was from a story in the... They did a one-shot as a comic. Yeah. Oh, it was okay. where he was on a droid mission, and a droid gave his life for him. Oh. And CPU had lost his arm on the mission, so he took the guy's arm as tribute. Oh. Okay. 
I, I I really liked the arc though with Poe and and Laura Dern's character. What's her name? Um, Holdo. Holdo, uh, because he had to go through an arc to learn not to be so impulsive and just want to fight and blast things constantly. That it's good to hold back and maybe even retreat. You know. I like when she says, "I like him." When he's dead, or <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then Carrie Fisher said, "Me too." And it's like, didn't he just? Didn't he just like? Wasn't he just responsible for a lot of people dying? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, he killed a lot of people, but he's good folks. He'll learn. He'll learn not to put us in danger it's like he did. Well, I feel like part of it's like Carrie Fisher. I mean, Leia like sees the potential in him. Mm-hmm. 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 Like, don't. Why are you asking me? Yeah. At the end. Mm-hmm. Like, where should we go? Why are you asking me? Yeah. Yeah, why are you asking me? Follow him. It's almost setting up like he's going to take over for yeah. Leia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have a X-Wing anymore, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but maybe they go back to the island and they're like, I know where there's an X-Wing. And then they got to get the doors loot, uh, Luke's door off and add yeah. it to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. Right. You know, when you talk about that, I thought that would be, I was hoping that would be, when, I, when, when they showed the X-Wing, it was like, yeah. They're not, they're just not going to, like, show it, and then that's it. I think there'd be a scene where, like, he raises it out. Like, because it would mm-hmm. be a great, like, capper where he couldn't raise it out of the water that one time, Yoda. And now he can just, like, snap his fingers and it comes out. Or, or he shows up in it at the final battle. Yeah! yeah. I thought that's what was going to happen. I, I thought they were setting up a Chekhov's gun, but apparently it was a decoy Chekhov's gun. Because yeah. he didn't show up, and it made you think that, oh, he probably used the X-Wing to get here. Yeah. yeah. Of but it wasn't body. like that was disappointing, though, that... The, I, the force thing was good. I just would have liked him to have survived it, I guess. Yeah, I would have liked uh, it. But he's, you know, he's still there. He's still a force. I guess he could just like, oh, redo. He can, he can obviously just bring lightning down on Kylo Ren at any oh, point yeah, in time. Yeah. 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 That island, by the way, is beautiful. It's one of my favorite Star Wars sets yeah. ever, and it's a real It deal. is. It's a real place in Ireland. My mother-in-law was in Ireland just a few months ago, and... She went like on a boat trip. They were gonna try to go there, but and like see it. But it was so hazy, like the weather was so bad mm. that they couldn't see oh, much uh, of it. And she was really sad. <laughs> it's kind of elitist though that Luke's get this nice resort island when Yoda got a swamp and Obi Wan got a desert planet. Luke gets a really I mean, nice uh, exile spot. It's not that great. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. It's scenic. I mean, it's rocky. It didn't seem like it was he, a comfortable place to sit. His calves no. have got to kill. By <laughs> yeah, he, would you rather go to a swamp though? That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, soft. Yeah. Hey, he chose to go there. He didn't have to. Did you guys notice the Wi-Fi Jedi terrible. books yeah. on? He has a force. It's like four bars. Force neutrality. That's going to be another topic in the next one. <laughs> um, did you notice the Jedi books? On the Millennium Falcon at yes. the end, mm-hmm. yes. who do you think put them there? Was it Luke or did Ray take them? Uh, uh, I, I don't think it would have been Ray. I bet Ray. I could see Ray taking them because Luke is going to blow them up. Because because that was something I discussed with Jeremy was I think Ray took them to because she could tell like he's not in a good place because he says like Luke says to Yoda mm-hmm. I wanted burn it all including the books mm-hmm. so I feel like he wouldn't have said that to Yoda Yoda mm-hmm. can see everything he's doing like yeah. I, I don't think so Yoda blew it up so he couldn't see Ray took the books maybe, maybe. where were the books show up again 
Oh, and the falcon. Finn oh. opens up a drawer to like get out a blanket to cover Rose, oh. and you see the books in the drawer. Oh. The I just I didn't know Ray would really care about them. I mean, I guess like it's a long trip. You might need yeah. something to read. Well, maybe Han had them stored to understand his son better. Or something mm, like that. Yeah. If Ghost Han, not. we never saw, went to. <laughs> well, no, it might have been in there before he died. Like but maybe it they were. Be because the books were in the Jedi Temple. Well, so those were the same books. Okay, yeah, I missed that. Books. Okay. Yeah, same books from the Jedi wow, Temple. Wow, that's interesting. I, that, when would that have happened? They must have. Ray must have taken them before they destroyed yeah. the temple. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I mean, to some extent, I feel like it would make sense because she wanted to learn all of this stuff yeah. and Luke still, even by the end, was like reluctant to teach her. Yeah. She probably just took matters into her own hands and said, I'm going to find this out on my own whether he's going to help me or not because yeah. I want to understand what's going on. Well, but... maybe she thought if she was able to convert Kylo Ren to come, yeah. they yeah. could learn together. They could something. be study buddies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that could uh, cause all sorts of tension. Yeah. Candlelight, looking at the. Oh, sorry. I, I thought. No, no, I was turning the page. Me too. No, okay. You, you turn it. What if the episode nine then is Ray being tempted through romance by Kylo and their I, attraction? I and feel like she literally closed that door on him. Oh, you think that's a done deal? Yeah. I mean, she like they like when they saw each other through the force at the end, and she shut the door. <laughs> I yeah, like, yeah. I feel yeah, like that did. was a literal thing. But then I think that opens up the fact of. The, the look that she gave Finn when he was caring for Rose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do think that there will be some sort of love triangle thing. Oh, yeah. Which I never bought into the love triangle of Luke, Leia, Han. Like, that no. never... But then, uh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody said, well, when Poe and Ray met, was there a thing there? And... Because he was like, oh, I've heard about you, or I know who you are, or something. But I didn't catch that. I didn't. And you guys have seen it twice. Did you feel anything between Poe and Ray? Uh, oh, that they met for the first time. That's the only <laughs> That's thing. That's all I got they, to. They, no, I got nothing. I don't think Poe, like, I. Uh, that might be interesting, but... I see Poe as the Han Solo in the dynamic, but not in the same way it played out in the trilogy. I see him as the older brother for the other two. That okay. he—that's really the, the the dynamic there. And though so he wears his mother's wedding ring around his neck, yeah, on that oh. chain. Some people really want him and Finn to mm-hmm. be together. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard that. I, I haven't. I don't really see where that's being built from, though. Really, other than they're really good buddies. They got a serious bromance. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just I hope they avoid anything like that it's i I think it would kind of cheapen the story to have some sort of love triangle thing i mean like that's not really what and especially if we're talking about like okay if you want like the freaking bechdel test to be failed every time that's like you know then then yeah have a love triangle in there Mm -hmm. but i think they're doing a good job of like okay daisy's the hero yeah we're we're not trying to make her like the sex object in this Mm -hmm. and it was just it. I, I don't. I don't really see them going like that. I think maybe there will be something there with Poe, maybe. But with the way this is going, I think she's just going to be pretty focused on. I think Finn actually. I think his character was hurt a little bit by this movie, though, because I think it diminished him a bit from where he was in the Force Awakens. I agree. Mm-hmm. He like, went. He went back. What are they going to do with him going forward? Yeah. I, I feel like they yeah. kind of didn't do his 
his character. Because, I mean, Rose was a great story. It, that was a good relationship, but they killed off Rose. So she's I don't still know. Alive. She's, she's not dead. Oh, she's still alive? I yeah. thought she was dead. No. no. Okay, good. She's good. in a bad way. Then that, I would just like keep Finn and Rose together. Mm-hmm. I would keep Finn and Rose together as a couple. I see, like, a, a pattern. Someone's in a bad way. Someone's dead. <laughs> it's like, I always end, like, someone's, like, in a bad day. Someone's dead. Oh, I thought she was dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you're, I I've like, heard multiple people say that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, she's alive because he's he drags her back and then puts her on the blanket. <laughs> With the blanket, he pulls out by the books. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that, that's interesting. I don't know where where we'll go now. Oh, a lot of possibilities, though. I mm-hmm. say, it opens on Lando driving Millennium Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do think what you said though Eric about it opening with like Leia's funeral would make sense mm. because I did read that her family said okay we're you know if there's any footage or whatever you can use it and they've said Leia they're not going to use anything mm-hmm. for episode 9 they're just yep. going to so I hope it would be something with the funeral and not just in the crawl oh by the way Leia died like I can't see them doing that. See, and that's why I think like if it's you open on an action because they always open in media res every Star Wars movie. Oh. Um, just have you know the Falcon trying to get away from cruisers to get to Leia's funeral on time, and it's Lando, yeah. and it's Lando with Chewie and Nine Nub or something like they went to go get him. Yeah, maybe that's the thing that gets everybody on board. Is Leia gave up her life for mm-hmm. it, and now everybody's. Yeah, Answer I mean, the she's the sort of the beacon. I mean, coming back around to themes, like hope is a big theme, mm-hmm. and you have, you could have her as the the beacon that's bringing everyone together. And, and have it be five years later, and they found a way to stop hyperspace tracking, so that <laughs> that's go- that genie's back in a bottle because that works for one film that kind of breaks the series yeah. if it's a full thing. Yeah. Yeah, that I didn't think about going forward if they're able to track light speed what that yeah. means. I mean, they could rebuild that, I guess, but they, it's only going to work in that one circumstance. They have to be kind of close to them, right? I or can they to, track? Like, get the tracking yeah. on them. Mm-hmm. Oh, one thing I really, really liked was Laura Dern light speeding through. Oh, that was cool. Uh, you yeah, could hear when that happened, and first of all, that was a perfect use of silence in a oh, film. Oh, yeah. yeah. The way, I'm glad there wasn't any squeaking score there. I'm glad John Williams didn't come in with something that it was just silence. And in the theater, when we saw it on Thursday, you could hear everyone was just like, <gasps> like, in awe. The guy next, not next, at the end of my row today, I heard him go, <gasps> <laughs> I think he's a heavy breather anyway. He might have asthma. I'm yeah, not maybe, sure. Maybe that ties into what I had <laughs> yeah. with earlier. But yeah, I thought that was just a great cinematic moment and yep. to experience that. Yeah, I um, I, I really think the, the most reaction our audience got, other than, you know, the opening, were the, the porgs. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. You know, all the kids in the audience just went, went crazy they whenever did. the porgs were yeah. on the screen. It, it, it was the, the, the hyperspace both times for, for the audience that I saw it with. One lady I was sitting next to at the screening on, on Thursday was clapping constantly. Like she was really into it. Like she's like any any sort of fan member, like oh yeah, oh yeah. There was a lot of clapping in yeah. arms, yeah. but not overly so. No, it was like polite clapping. Although I did start the clapping for Carrie Fisher's title card. At the you end. did, yeah. you did. 
Um, I went at it alone for a bit until people realized what was happening. <laughs> well, yeah, because it was everyone starting to walk yeah. away, and they're like, "Why is the puppet <gasps> Carrie Fisher?" <laughs> then there was a rumor that there was going to be like a scene from the Han Solo thing because it's coming out in like five months. How is that possible? They have to delay this now, right? There hasn't been a single trailer. Yeah, I thought for sure there would be a trailer before this movie, and there there wasn't, which they, worries they, you. They can, they can mm-hmm. make them. I mean, they they reshot that that one movie and they already had a trailer out with Christopher Plummer oh yeah um yeah. all the money in the world yeah, yeah. yeah. and they already yeah. have a trailer out with him in it and I mean yeah you can they, if they want to and they got Disney they can they can hire a bunch of people and it, it's just weird do you think they'd be hyping up this movie by now yeah you know well you know for Rogue One they didn't release they purposely did not release any information on this until later because they want to give it but yeah. the release date was in December, so it had a year. Yeah. Where, like Josh is saying, this is coming out in May. Like six I months think Black right. Panther probably be. Weird. That was something when I was talking to yeah, Stephen last it, night it, about he wishes more Star Wars movies came out in May instead of December now mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. both of us were talking about how like we want to see this multiple times, but it's the holidays and like we were both yeah. working with the Tej and like there's other stuff going on where in May it's a little May 25th is still the listed date for Solo I, I, May traditionally was the month when most Star Wars films came out until The yeah. Force Awakens and I think the only reason The Force Awakens had a December date is because they pressed, they wanted to move it past May to make sure it was ready and complete by oh, December okay. But it just became a tradition where all of them are now being released at Christmas. I don't like. I like it in the summer more. I do too. Yeah, it gives you more time to digest. The it. summer is pretty bloated with stuff that you like, like the um, Oscar movies, right? That's what I liked about the December. December. Like yeah. it's you know, I mean, not that this that's, is yeah. not Oscar caliber to me, but well, that's why I think too. Like with Lando showing up in the Han Solo movie, I feel like it's now is the perfect time to bring him back in. Yeah. yeah. Episode nine. Uh, so, I mean, this isn't going to be weird too. I thought that they were trying to release episode nine in May, but they pushed that back to December twentieth, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, it's yeah. also December. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm, I'm willing to bet that they're going to push back on Solo to wintertime. Just to make it, you get every it's December. You get, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I don't know what Disney has coming out next December. Otherwise, uh, everything. Between yeah, that probably. and Fox, 40% of all movies. Mm-hmm. Um, well, is there anything else specifically about this movie? Um, the only thing I'm going to say, maybe as, as a capper in my overall, is I really enjoyed it the second time around. I don't know where it ranks with the three that came out. The original trilogy is always going to have a special place for me. Mm-hmm. It's hard to su- supplant that. But uh, but I, I think this is really strong. I enjoyed it more the second time. I think there's it's, I think there's certain movies that have what you call bloat, like or they border on bloat, and this mm-hmm. was one of them. The Dark Knight Rises was like that. Age of Ultron. This is a much better film than those two films, and I and I, I really enjoyed it the second time around because when I knew what was happening, I could enjoy and appreciate the nuances of what was going on in between, mm-hmm. and it really fleshed it out for me. I think that Final Planet is awesome. You know, with the salt, you know, and all the effects that went into play there. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to see what Ryan Johnson does with his own trilogy. Yeah, Maybe. that's. I didn't realize that until I started reading some things in the past couple days, that he's getting his own Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, they announced about a month ago that they loved Last Jedi so much at Lucasfilm, they're going to give him his own trilogy to develop with a new side of the universe we haven't seen yet. 
Uh, and I think without him having any ties to be, you know, where he's not beholden to the Skywalker saga, mm-hmm. to see him do his own thing will be really exciting. So if people want to see something new with Star Wars, they're going to get it with Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Yep. I, I just echo everything Sean just said, basically. Uh, felt a little long the first time I watched it. The whole time I'm like, when the hell are they going to get to Crate? Because like, you saw so much of that in the previews. Like, where is this damn mm-hmm. salt planet? Mm-hmm. And the second time, wasn't thinking that at all. I knew where we were at all points. Felt like it moved a bit better because like, I wasn't anticipating every frame like my first time. So, again, looking really forward to see what Ryan does when he can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought there was a really strong message there of breaking your ties with the past. And I think he, he did this for a couple reasons. First, I mean, he was basically just trying to go right out and say, like, why he made the film the way he did. And second, I think he was trying to undo some of what J.J. Abrams did with The Force Awakens, where it being just, like, made on, like, a Star Wars Microsoft Word template. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess what I'm worried about now is J.J. Abrams is getting episode nine. Not that I, I don't dislike J.J. Abrams. Lost is probably my favorite show of, of all time. But I hope he's not going to make it like, you know, a template. Use the word template for Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to see his new trilogy. I don't know if it's going to be like a... They haven't said if it's going to be episode 10 through 12. Or if it's just going to be like It's not. Side. It's its own, it's its own thing. Separate. You know what's interesting? That J.J. Abrams with Lost there's a certain way like they had a lot of mystery and then a lot of the complaints was that they were never able to satisfactory a lot of the plots of, or you know mysteries yeah. reveal them but Ryan Johnson comes from Breaking Bad which that was closure yeah, it just, yeah. they just closed that gate and everybody got you know it, it basically they said we're, we're going to give you what you we're going to give everybody what they want to see and he kind of did this with this movie. He's just like, we're gonna close this, close this, close this, and then you're just gonna. It's you pretty much can see where it's going, but that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. that's there's. I think what Sean said is it's it's fine to know where you're going if it's a told story. I mean, there's nothing really new. A lot, I think a lot of plot twists, twist in movies that are just there to surprise you, and in that moment they do surprise you, but then you're like. Yeah, but it just, like, undercut the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it just... After, my favorite one to talk about is Iron Man 3. You have Ben Kingsley plays this great villain, the, uh, the Mandarin. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, like, all in on him. I'm all in. I'm like, this is awesome. Then he's killing this role, and then it turns out he's just, like, this actor. Yeah. And it was funny in the moment, but then it's like, oh, but then we get this crappy villain <laughs> for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And it's just like, he's less interesting. As a Mandarin, he was charismatic. He was what a villain. You want to be like, yeah, let's go with this. And I, I hated that. And they did it for comedic effect because they thought it would be funny. And it, it was, but it undercut the movie. But they, yeah, that, that was not a good Iron Man. But this, uh-huh. yeah, that, but, but, uh, that, that's my example. Yeah. Like, like a lot of people loved that switch because it was just like yeah. thrilling and it was funny. But it undercut the movie. It was, it took it away. It didn't bother me as much. I've only seen the movie once in theater, so yeah, <laughs> Eric's fine with it. <laughs> I thought it was clever. I mean, it just show the range of Ben Kingsley, but oh. yeah. Um, yeah, if there's another person, that's but I like the movie. Wildly I like the movie. Yeah. 
Even though yeah. I, I missed a ton of stuff, I didn't see that kid at the end. Now <laughs> see, I want to come back. You just need to go see it again. We all yeah. Yeah. And Dolby. And Dolby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In my version, he picked up the room. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I was like, I, I, this is no joke. I was literally underwhelmed with that last scene. He's like, oh, I, he didn't pick it up with the floor, so he just picked it up. <laughs> He's like, I, I missed it too. And I was like, it's and it's, that means that is such a big thing. It is. If he just and picks up the broom, it's like, why would he pick it up with the fork? Even this kid who's enslaved on this casino planet can yeah. still be a. You it's know, a great callback to the casino it. kids. Yeah. Oh. So, if you were to give this movie a letter grade, what would you give it? I'm gonna give it an A. I loved it. I'm an A. I I I give it an A minus. Okay. What about you, Scott? Uh, the version I saw was a B minus. I want to see your version, and then I'll make a determination. I w- I would also do an A. I really really liked it. Like I I understand Scott's critique of the casino not being as Star Warsy quirky, but I also see the it's the one percent versus mm. everybody else and the xenophobia oh, I, I'm and stuff. Fi- I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. I just thought that they could do it more. No, 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 no. that's what I mean. Like I, I understand your point with like that. The but I think that's a legit point. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one. I thought it was Especially a little too on the nose. I, I like a lot of nuance in that because I like it's like look a little closer and she just puts the things on and she sees that doesn't happen in real life. It's like look a little closer, you just put the monoculars on and you can see someone getting whipped. You know, it was like really, it was like really like, I wish it was a little nuanced. Like if they were in the prison and they saw something like Finn, it was a little bit more of a slow burn where Finn kind of like, mm-hmm. like she said, you'll see, you know, you'll, well, you'll, you'll learn to understand what I'm talking about. And I wonder if like what Eric said, in the three hour cut of the movie, there's more, yeah. it's not as rushed I hope it in is. that yeah. sequence. And I think that would be cooler, just like, it was like the slow, like. As they were slowly going through it, they saw a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. Not just like, oh, there's someone getting whipped, of course. You yeah, know? I would have liked to see just a little bit more of like them exploring before getting caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when Benicio, I thought it was great when he showed that the X-Wing was both mm-hmm. sides. I thought that was awesome because I was like, oh, it's not as... Well, yeah, because weapons dealers always sell Yeah, and I said, I maybe, the, cool. maybe the idea is more it's not just... Rebels versus the, mm-hmm. it's more of a the haves and have nots, which is always mm-hmm. the you know it's not. I I like that. That was a little bit more nuanced. And I, was, I thought that was a really great way to show kind of the nuance of what's going on. Like they're they're mm-hmm. both the the um, not the alliance, the resistance and the uh, the the first order. They're just pawns in the, the and money it, machine. Game of life. And I think <laughs> making the resistance like such, making the resistance such a small group of people from different aspects. Uh, making it smaller like it is at the end of the movie that they, they can all fit in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. I think maybe some infighting with the Resistance. Maybe that's what you might see in the next one because they kind of alluded that maybe it's not. Well, you, I mean, you kind of see that in yeah. this with yeah. Poe going But maybe some ideological. Well, like, you not see just, that in Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It maybe seem more ideological where it's not so much I don't like your personality or your strategy. Maybe it's like this is how I see what the like the resistance and the rebellion is versus this is how I see it. And that's, like, that's why Magneto is such an interesting character in Marvel because he is he he 
he's on the side of the X Men, but he's got a completely different mm-hmm. ideological system. Like he's like, we are the advanced ones, not you. Yeah. You know, so maybe there's that viewpoint will be explored more. Oh, one thing I want to add is I think the John Williams score here was a lot better than The Force Awakens. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that was... Okay, so the the IMAX viewing that Eric and I saw was like a fan viewing. Uh-huh. And so it cost a little bit more, and we got collector's cards, mm-hmm. free popcorn, and then we were told we... Free get, popcorn for paying more. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, all the money was in the popcorn. Yeah, right? <laughs> included popcorn. Uh, but then we also got um, like a featurette. Mm-hmm. We only had two previews, and then we had a featurette all about John Williams and writing the score and everything. Yeah, mm. we got so screwed on our screen. <laughs> We're screening on every level. But Half an hour. What, what's wrong? How long was yeah. it? Ten minutes. Yeah, ten minutes in, and the movie was starting. Oh man! Yeah, and all the previews we saw weren't even like relevant to like the audience of people <laughs> no, it was who awesome. see Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, that to me like was almost just worth yeah. it because we got right into the movie. The the John Williams featurette was fine. Like I it was a, it was a DVD it. extra. Yeah, mm. it was nice to kind of see him talk and how he basically looks exactly the same as he did when he wrote the first one. It's just his hair is white now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was. It's. Well, we got Dwayne Rock Johnson talking to Abe Storm. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> oh, no, the, the, the girls' the volleyball trailer. team movie. Yeah, the girls' volleyball team movie. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. He's like fat and like he's talking to Abe for Rampage. If you see The Rock. Well, well, you guys almost combined the, the women's volleyball team. <laughs> with that he's talking trailer. to the women's oh, volleyball God. team. And then oh, a wolf comes God. in. That's a hybrid that should not exist. We saw the women's volleyball team one today. We did. Uh, Helen Hunt, yeah. Mm. I mean, it, it doesn't look like a bad movie. It's just it doesn't really look <laughs> like long a, before uh, Star Wars. Really. Josh had a great line as soon as that, that trailer was playing with the Helen Hunt. If you love Star Wars, you're going to love this. <laughs> Wait, what is this? Because uh, we only got two trailers. Yeah, look, it's it not. Was... I mean, look it up later if you really want to. Yeah. It's not. It, oh it feels like miracle. It's like a repeat of the sports formula of the winning team. Like what, the I don't even know what happens. Wait, Someone dies. Isn't it Olympics movie? No, no. no. Like high, school, high school. Yeah. Oh damn it! I'd watch it if it was about the Olympics. I know. I... High school girls volleyball. It's my favorite yeah. trailer for a high school women's volleyball movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> we also got Rampage. I think that was the other trailer we oh, got. Oh, the reaction to Rampage. You want to see the best reaction with reaction when they put Rampage on the screen and people were like, oh! oh <laughs> there was a video watching. game called Rampage that had these monsters trashing. It was the greatest game in the world, by the way. Yeah. Like, watching these monsters. <laughs> Like that, you know, you're gonna have to have Scott on for that because does that qualify for a big monster movie? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. anything with big monsters. You how big are? What's <laughs> how big do the monsters? They literally are. tell you the stats of the monsters in this trailer. It's like, yeah, they do. You like, oh. what's the name of the George what? was? That's because they, they did tall. that in the video game too. Yeah, he's now nine feet tall. We did get the Age of Ult, not the Age of Ult, the Infinity War trailer. Yeah, uh, which I'm really looking forward that. to. Yeah. I like the fact that he gets the Infinity Gauntlet, but all he uses. <laughs> All he does with it is punch people. <laughs> it just makes it heavier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You're a genie. It's like, it's like brass knuckles. Oh, he, he knocks Iron Man down. Iron Man just falls flat on his back. That's pretty much all that happens. You know, but Maybe that's all that happens in the movies. You just keep punching Iron Man. He's got a really good right hook. <laughs> then he joins a That's I came down and there are golden gloves boxing tournament for a million bucks. 
Which is this has all been about so he could you can win the tournament. Yeah, imagine if they put cable in that movie. You're gonna have two Josh Rolls. I know because yeah. Disney owns them both now. I just realized that. They own both. Oh wow, that's that's a mind warp right there. Yeah, but that can be a conversation for a Marvel movie. Yes. yes. In the future. This is in the section called "Edit It Out for Time." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I normally do a whole section uh, section on trailers, but it, yeah. it, we've talked so much about Star Wars, it's not yeah, we have. worth it. Nope. Um, I usually, I think we both ask, like, plugs. What plugs do you guys have? Um, <laughs> Josh looks really... <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I had something to plug. <laughs> and, and, uh, I go to work, and I raise three kids, and... Uh, how long is your commute? Where would you see you on the road? Jo- I, I have a, a Josh a, plugs having a great family. Yeah, eight minute commute. I mean, I want to get involved in more things. I just you know, Bill's in my exercise class actually now. Oh, oh nice. nice. There you go. Now our viewers, though, you can find Bill and Josh at the yeah. exercise. <laughs> like the exercise. listeners. Well, yeah. Cool. When are we releasing this? Uh, we can edit this out. Let's just. No, that's. I don't know. When do you guys? want to release I mean do we want to do it like same time or same bad channel that's a <laughs> that's a good question um I was thinking maybe like would you guys want to do it for next weekend to have time for you to edit it as well and maybe you can maybe you can release it independently I'm not I don't have an issue with that that's for sure yeah if you guys do it next weekend I could do it uh, well I, I'm gonna be traveling I, so I don't yeah. know how much I could probably the weekend following I can get and That's I was thinking, fine because I have some Christmas ones I'm gonna put up this next yeah. weekend. We can edit this part out unless. <laughs> I no, keep no, this keep in. everything. Yeah. Keep this <laughs> in. I usually keep everything in. So. Maybe more like weekend and New Year's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be home and I'll. I have extra spare. And uh, you can do your own. Yeah, if you want to edit it, you can just edit. Yeah. You can just edit. If I don't mind, I usually just cut the beginning and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I I cut out. Yeah, yeah, so I'll let you edit it. You, can, you want me to... Well, you have... Oh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. We can we talk can, about it afterwards. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, it's just not... We have something this week, that's why, so... It, oh, okay. But, uh... Um, yeah, we're... Sean and I are doing Improv Wars in January. Yes. Oh. So... Where is Improv Wars going to be in January? It will be at the Nest Theater. That's a valid question. It will be at the Nest Theater going forward. Improv Wars is like Star Wars. You visit different planets. It's, uh, <laughs> that question is a sequel to one on the Blade Runner 2049 podcast. Yes, it is. Is it like the Olympics now where people like bid on it? But they <laughs> yeah. on it? And, like and other people protest it and some people dope. Yeah, yeah. What is with all this drama in the improv world? It's part of the reason why I'm just like, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> That's why we're all doing just our own stuff. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty much uh, Mad Lab of Switzerland. And yeah. speaking of which, we have date night coming up. There you go. Uh, so that'll be fun. Um, it's my next thing coming up, of course, date night uh, running for uh, three weeks in February. And then I guess you can check out any of my other stuff on ericsternberger.com including where I pitched a Star Wars TV show for the hell of it so yeah awesome well, everybody in Hollywood's being kicked out for harassment so you might be I am man. moving <laughs> I am moving up the list yeah, yeah. Like, you're not a total dick to win it yes congratulations <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> also we've edited out the part of this podcast where I was a total dick to women <laughs> I stood up for the caretakers. That's all I I've know. I've been sexually yeah. assaulted 15 times since we started this. 
And I think <laughs> Tony will be in the same uh, improv awards for group clutch. Oh, okay. Maybe, so oh, okay. That's Do a you know thing. what date that is in January? January 18th. It's a Thursday. Okay. Clutch is one of my favorite days. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I can add it. I, I know the dates for date night, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. Sure. Uh, first three weeks in February. Oh, I'm in Pocahontas. We have a show every second Friday of each month at Cafe Caroline. Okay. So, there you go. Awesome. Well, for Amanda's Picture Show Go-Go, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On Facebook and Instagram, it's the full title. On Twitter, it is at Amanda's Pick Show, because Twitter has character limits. And you can also find our website, amandaagogo.com. There is a by guest page, so you can find all of these lovely gentlemen on there and uh, what episodes they have done other than Star Wars. And um, like we mentioned, Kong, Skull Island, Scott has an excellent episode. Mm -hmm. It is wonderful. You should listen to that. Agreed. He's it's hilarious. Kong, Skull Island, backslash Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We do Rant. talk a lot about Jared Leto and Ryan Gosling. Who was good in Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> and uh, yeah, also on uh, AmandaGoGo.com, you can go to our shop page, which will take you to our Threadless store where there's fun things like... Um, coffee mugs and notebooks and t-shirts and things like that. Excellent, excellent. Merchandising, yeah. merchandising. Uh, <laughs> and for, for Cinema Wheeler today, we don't have merchandising quite yet. We're not that organized, unfortunately. But we do have, you can find us on either Facebook or Twitter, and Podbean and iTunes to actually listen to us. So please leave feedback for us. And a shout out to Tony. Uh, you know, yeah. she's with us in spirit and we'll Definitely be back with she's the She's not dead. She's not a, I mean, no, you she's not a poor talking. Like, she's, she's also not like. Yeah. She'll be back next episode. She's definitely ill or no, anything. No, no. Right she just she's, could not make it for She's her. definitely yeah. back next episode. So. So, so that's about it. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. you just said was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. It was a cheap move.